If you love me, please don't judge me. Got my hands tied, the power's above me. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just a puppet here. If you wanna place blame, then look to the puppeteer. Family, fortune, envy, jealousy, privilege, passed on, legacy, secret, sabotage, borderline, felony, suicide, subtract, selfish, pedigree. When the love's gone and the hate's there, better watch out, cause it's hate fear. Your family ain't your family. Welcome back to the Language Privilege Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon. I'm your other host, Janelle. And we are back for the season finale, the series finale, the last episode ever of Succession, season four, episode 10, ever, with ever, open ever, eyes. Ever, 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 ever. And just like last season, on a different podcast, Chanel and I were reviewing Succession, and we had a special guest. And this week, we have that same special guest back. We got our friend Rich Fan from the PW Torch. What's going on, Rich? Not much, not much. Looking forward to this. This is a a a, a, a quick turnaround on a tradition that is sadly ending. <laughs> yeah, Brandon, I literally forgot we did that episode. That is crazy. We almost tried to start this podcast at the end of season three with yeah. Rich, and then we realized it was too late, so we just wait for the next year. That's crazy. I just it just transported me back to where I was when we felt when we recorded that. Yeah, man, this was. I mean. Sunday was a tough day for me because I am someone who was a movie guy. Like I was in the um, Critics Association. I was doing movie reviews. I've always been a movie guy. And I watched TV, but I was never a TV guy. So like on another podcast, we're reviewing, we're revisiting Breaking Bad, which I'd never seen before. Mm. I had never seen The Sopranos before. Like the prestigious TV shows, I never saw Mad Men. Like I didn't see, I wasn't the TV guy. I watched Kirby Enthusiasm. I saw The Wire, but I watched Kirby. I watched comedy and sports. You mean That's you all saw I saw The Wire live. He lived it, is what you're saying. Well, <laughs> I mean, I am from Baltimore, but I did watch The Wire live when it came <laughs> out. But uh, outside, of, but that was because I was from Baltimore. And I was like, oh, shit, they're doing a show about Baltimore. No, I'm saying uh, you. that's a true story based on your life. No, that's not my life. I, I don't live that life. <laughs> I am, I'm from West Baltimore, but I don't live that life. Um, and I watched Game of Thrones, but like all the other prestigious shows, I never watched. And so this one, like for me, and maybe, I mean, I'll get y'all opinions now or even at the end of the show, but like this is an all timer TV show for me as I'm catching up on all the great TV shows, like the writing, the acting, it's just been fantastic. And then we'll get to it a little bit later. But one thing I've noticed in the aftermath of this show is that so many people watching this show, I don't think they had any idea what they were watching. Like, I've seen some reactions today of, like, people who were, like, rooting for these characters or, like, wouldn't expect the show to end the way that it did. And I watched that show, and I was like, who? I had no qualms that this was going to be a happy ending. Chanel, what did you think? Well, we've talked about it, and I want I need to go back and see when we ran down the characters, if I, I, I probably dismissed Tom outright. <laughs> I probably was like, bye, he's not, it's not going to be him, never. Um, but yeah, I, it, it's crazy. It's like literally the end of an era. Like just thinking about how, what this show has been and how big it's been and the level of performance we've seen. And then just a reminder that like everything does have to come to an end. And HBO has been doing this thing with really good shows like Barry, for example, where they're like, we're done telling the story 
here you go. Hope you enjoyed it. We're going to move on. And I think there's something very like healthy about that instead of like just writing stuff out um, just to write it. And also I'm excited that you did just decide to start watching shows because I think your insights are very good, Brandon. And like, because we've seen these characters week after week for the last 10 weeks now, it's like, that's just grown. And I feel like you can only get so deep into movies because they, they do tell the story right there in one. So I think like, I'm, I'm excited that you came over to the binging side with us. <laughs> um, I think the ending was, I don't know. I actually don't know how I feel about it. I will say two things though. I did see on Twitter. Well, I've seen like three, like I'll say three things. One is on Twitter. I have seen a mix of reactions, but most of the people I've seen retweet it have been like appreciating it for what it is or appreciating the level of mediocrity in these characters and the fact that they didn't change and didn't grow and but like genuinely appreciating it because they knew what they were watching. The second thing is somebody said, you know, I'm not a Shakespeare girl for by any means. So somebody was like, this is basically King Lear. Um, and mm-hmm. King Lear ends with the the husband of the the husband taking over stuff or whatever. So they're like, oh, Tom. So somebody called it six days ago, seven days ago. And they were correct. So that aged really well. Um, and the last thing is just, you know, we have our, we had one moment of hope. We saw Kendall smile once. Like I think we saw Kendall smile once in four seasons and then we lost that. And there was just something. So I, I knew it was going to be tragic. I, but I didn't, I couldn't have told you any of that was going to happen. And I went out right after this finale went off. And I was just looking around the club. Like, you know that meme of the dude, like, in the party with a party hat on? I was like, all these niggas in here dancing, like, succession didn't just end. Like, how we're, how are we, how are y'all partying? This show, it's over, guy. You know, so I was just, um, yeah, I really just was more impressed by the feat that they pulled off. Rich, how are you thinking and feeling about the finale? I am, I mean, I love British-written Americans starring other nationalities as the actors so this was like <laughs> perfect for me thought that the uh i don't know and, and i don't know if this is the time but we can talk about it a little later but there was a woman who put up an article and as a sports fan being the uh notoriety of the distinct nature of tom's name because tom's name mm-hmm. is uh the name of the man who had the only unassisted triple play in the World Series ever. And he pulled off the triple play and knocking off all three Roys. And so I was like, oh, wow. I need to shake these men hand who wrote this because that's a <laughs> level of specificity that I did not see coming. And I agree with you. I, I think that a lot of folks ascribed a lot of positivity to man, two men or three men and one woman child like you i was i, I most uh enjoyed looking at the credits for the final episode in terms of like the opening theme because you saw more of the kids than you'd ever seen in less of roman mm-hmm. i'm sorry a logan and that illustrated what we saw in that ending where you have them he's gone but there's still the kids wanting their dad's attention and this that was straight up out of like if i was seven or eight or nine and i'm arguing with my brother or if i had a sister you know i'm the, I'm the eldest male what like <laughs> that's some shane mcmahon stuff you're not was a great because i said she's right because i was with him <laughs> i was with him mm-hmm. when he said that she's like you're not i'll die that was so great and rich shared a tiktok a couple of days ago 
uh, or, or, or right before this uh, finale mm-hmm. of this woman who just basically broke that whole thing down. And then I watched that show, and I was like, oh, my God. And I think before the season started, me and Chanel did a preview episode, and I, I'm pretty sure I told her, I don't know who's going to have the throne. I know it's not going to be any of them kids. That was my position. I was like, it's not going to be none of them kids. Uh, but I wasn't sure. Who, I'm not sure who it was going to be. Um, but, yeah. So before we get into this episode, um, just remember – uh, I might try to convince Chanel if we get enough feedback to do a feedback episode. So if you send Ooh. us emails and voicemails, we'll talk about it and what y'all thought about the series and the show. Let us know if we get enough. We we might be able to do a show. So you can email us at wewasdragonspod at gmail.com. Like I said, we haven't changed it since House of Dragon. So we're keeping that. Um, you can leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. If it's a good review, we'll read it on the air. If it's not, we won't because y'all hating. Uh, but we did get two emails, Chanel. Um, we got an you, email from Megan. Oh, okay, you, you don't want to try to save him for a review episode? You think we'll get more? Yeah, I this can't was believe about, they keep coming. This was before then. Okay, uh, so yeah, Megan said, happy Succession Day. I'm so glad I found y'all before the season ended. I would miss this show, but I'm excited to listen to the show when you start watching Righteous Gemstones. Righteous Gemstones is amazing. Yeah, And you will love it. Yes, we love Righteous Gemstones. We can't wait for that nonsense. Uh, Brandon, I did not think about how Rava and the kids would probably be very safe at the funeral. I just felt their panic, too. That scene was great, especially how Kendall said, I'm going to lay down in front of the car and just stand there as they drive away. <laughs> and it, yeah, He didn't even do it. <laughs> of course he didn't do it. <laughs> after, after the end of the penultimate episode, I realized I felt ready for succession to end. Roman walking to the crowd on purpose really disturbed me. I've thought a lot about what I think will happen. I just do not know. I just don't know. Nothing I come up with seems right, but that's why I'm so excited for the show tonight. Thank you both again for great discussions about one of the best shows ever. Thank you, Megan. We agree. Thank you, Megan. Dang, if you had said Tom, we would have had to send you a gift card or something. So, um, you know, I appreciate that thoughtfulness, though. Like, that means people sit around and really be like, besides us, like, dang, what's going to happen? And I could not have, I could have told you a lot of things. I could not have told you how that was going to end. I could not. I, I could not. Mm-mm. No. Um, we got another email from my girl, Sonia. Thank you for keep emailing us. Uh, mm-hmm. This one, Sonia said, Brandon and Chanel, I am shooketh. Ken burst in Roman's stitches. What the actual fuck? I am haunted <laughs> by that scene. <laughs> this last that episode was, was so <laughs> painful. I'm grateful the show is over. It was horrifying. I wanted Tom to win, but I hate that Greg nearly fucked him. I knew Tom should not have trusted Greg. Everybody in the show is snakes. Everybody in the show are snakes. I'm wondering what the big takeaway is for this show. I'm struggling to make it make sense. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Oh, I have thoughts on that. I'm sure Rich and Chanel do too. This damn show broke me. I'm glad Righteous Gemstones is next. We need some comic relief after this madness. (laughs) Yes. So thank you for those emails uh, this week. Uh, and like I said, those of you listening, I see the numbers. So send some feedback so we can have a feedback episode and enjoy the show at least one more time uh, before mm-hmm. we get into Righteous Gemstones. Um, but Chanel, Richie, y'all ready to get into this show? Yes, and yes, sir. All right. So, oh, go ahead, Chanel. Oh, sorry. I just realized. Uh, I think we got one more one review real quick. Oh, Five okay, stars, good. great podcast. So sorry I didn't find this podcast before. Love your views on the show. I see this as Richard the Third with Kendall on a throne of ashes. 
Roman loses in the next episode, I think. He sounds insane. Oh, no, I actually read this already. But he sounds insane. Too many fingerprints and some shifty things. Jess was on her phone after the combo with Greg. Hmm. So I love that this is actually like a um an email, but it's, it's in the review. It's in like the time. review. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> thank, you, thank you, KDC. Uh, you guys keep reviewing, rating, and giving us five stars. Thank you. All right, so let's get into the season finale. So the show, the season, the episode starts with Canada Waystar headquarters. You hear the news in the background here, ATN, they're talking about like they're hyping up the merger that's coming tomorrow. Like they expect the merger to be announced tomorrow. Um, Telly is like the Harvard dude. If you remember earlier in the season when they were like trying to start the 100, they had like this dude that was like advising them. He's still there. Uh, and he's telling Ken that they don't got Stewie. So Stewie's backing out. But, I, you know, the whole so time annoying. I thought Stewie was making a play. I mm-hmm. Stewie and Ken are best friends, like, legitimately in this mm-hmm. show, at least from what you can tell from those types of people being friends. Mm-hmm. So I knew he wasn't going to – he wasn't going to uh, – But my thing from, was, why even do yeah. that? <laughs> like, why even why even play with his feelings like that? But that was, that was weird for me, but yeah. Uh, but he even Ken's, said, like, this could be one of Stewie's things. So it's yeah, like he he's used that. to in this relationship. Like Stewie just goes, well, honestly, it's Kendall doing crazy things, and Stewie seems like the weird one for not going with him. Yes. Uh Ken tells him he can get Stewie and he'll get the votes. But, you know, Telly starts pressing him on it, and he's like, Yeah, dog, I don't got the votes now, but I'm gonna get him. And I was I was impressed with Kendall's confidence early. He's been on a you know, he's been on a little bit of a run. You know, he made like a you know, twelve oh run in the fourth quarter the it's last couple crazy. weeks. Because we've seen, like, it's just, like, the same thing over and over. And it's very triggering because it reminds me of me. But it's, like, how many times have we seen him go to a board meeting thinking he's gotten it, thinking he's the next generation? Like, how many times have we been here? That just was really coming back around to me. Even though it was different, this time it was still the same, you know, in a tragic way. So then they cut the Shiv. He's in Madsen headquarters. They're like, Rich, you'll appreciate this. They were treating us. They were treating us like they were getting ready for like an NFL draft. Like they had mm-hmm. all the people around the table. They had things on the board. Like they were treating us like it was a sporting event, which was hilarious. Um, and Shiv tells Matson that she hears that Stewie's not with uh, Ken. And I was like, yo, Shiv is way too excited right here. Like we talked about this last week, you know, but like every time Shiv does something good or she seems to be on the right path, she always overplays her hand. She thinks Absolutely. that, but she literally thought she was going to be CEO, so that's why she was like running around, basically gloating, because she was like, "Oh, if you win, I win." But it was clear, and I think we said this last week that we weren't sure if Madison was going to actually ride with Shiv. Um, but it was clear in this very first scene that Madison had it was something you didn't like. I originally thought that he thought Shiv was incompetent. We find out that it's a little bit more complicated than that of why he didn't ride with Shiv, but it was obvious in this first scene that he was going to, he was going to fuck Shiv. It wasn't going to, it wasn't going to happen. Um, and Shiv tells Lucas that, you know, he should be all right without Tom. Lucas starts asking her about, you know, what about Tom? What about ATN? She both says she's going to be okay without Tom while actually pitching Tom at the same mm-hmm. time. Like she's doing both. She's basically saying that, you know, Tom is good at what he does, but he's also interchangeable. You know, interchangeable, yeah, at the same time. Um and, and then she then, says some, she says if something fucked up, but the funny part about it, she goes, I would say this to his face. <laughs> okay, yeah, girl. Yeah. 
She tells Manson that Tom, she's like, let me be real for you. Tom will just suck the biggest dick in the room. What's her exact words? Essentially meaning he's an empty suit. Like he's going to do, he's, he'll do what, cause we said this and it's been clear and other people said this. Like Tom's the most thirsty character on this, ep- on this show. Mm-hmm. He will go to whoever he needs to, to mm-hmm. get ahead. The episode when Logan died, right? Mm-hmm. The episode after Logan died at the repass, mm-hmm. he went to everyone in that house. He went from Shiv to try to talk to Ken to try to get on Roman's side. Mm-hmm. He tried to get to the C-suite to back him. Like he was just going from one to one to like get to where he needed to be. He has no, yeah. he has but no morals about that. What's crazy though is that he was just trying to keep a job. He was just like, yeah. I can't go back to obscurity. He was not, I guess, in a crazy way. He was the like, he was the most thirsty, but somehow like the least ambitious. Because he wasn't trying to go above his station. He already knew like he had hit the jackpot and he was like, I just want to scrap to keep this. I feel like... Trying to maintain. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then also, I just think about whatever he's co- told Shiv that what... I think he said like, you're a tough fucking bitch or something, whatever he mm-hmm. said there on that balcony. And she was like, that's really you? And I was like, I kept thinking about that this episode. Like, that, he's out here fighting for his life. Yeah, Shiv's mom, Caroline Coles, tells her... Yeah, she... I don't know, Rich. What do you think about Caroline? Because I, Chanel and I were having a discussion last episode if Caroline's actually worse than Logan. And in some ways, I feel like she is. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, Lady Caroline is funny because the actress that plays her was in a show I used to watch in college called Green Wing, and she was more of a comedian. So in this role, her being leaning into a motherly role where a couple of things popped up to me. One, he calls Shiv but not Roman. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Shiv but not Kendall. Mm-hmm. Two, the fact that this was all snake and try to get her new husband's like oh on God. the come up deal. <laughs> like that he's got a, he's crazy. got he's got some albums. He just wants if you just give him a chance. Like, <laughs> please listen to my demo, Peter Money. Like I. I tweeted it. I I, I apologize because as y'all know, I'm a volume tweeter. So I'm going to see if I can find it because there was a phrase he said. And I was like, I never want to hear this again (laughs) in my life. My friend was was listening in and she was like, why did did they talk like that? I was like, girl, you don't know the half of it. The verbiage on this show. Creamy margins. Creamy margins can't be said ever again. Yes, when that I man have that said in my that quotes. without a laugh, like, oh my god, <laughs> the margins are so creamy. This is what Peter Munya said. <laughs> yeah, we have a quote section, uh, and that's definitely on that list. Poor K. So if the ship tells Lucas, listen, I got to try to get Roman on my side because mm-hmm. if we're on opposite sides, it looks like Lady Macbeth. More Shakespeare references. Um, mm-hmm. but actually, calls, somebody sorry, somebody did say that she turns into Lady Macbeth at the end, which is again, I don't know Shakespeare, but it probably sounds right. So, I have a unique take on Shiv, and we'll I'll talk about that yeah. when we get there. Uh, on what she did, Shiv calls Tom, and Tom's first thought is, What does Lucas think about me? <laughs> Am I getting the axe? Because that's all he worries about. He's been pressed and, about the shit for days, yeah. And then I have this scene, because we've played this the last three episodes, but, like, this entire show has been nothing but lies and betrayal, with the exception mm-hmm. of, like, Kendall sometimes, who gets, like, mm-hmm. old, like too honest. Uh, 
And mm-hmm. but the last three episodes, like Shiv and Tom's conversations have been like incredibly honest to the point of like it's painful uh to listen to. Uh and here's another one that was just like kind of cut you right there. I wanted to get a few things straight. Yeah, I just I yeah, I just want it to be really nice. And we should we should uh Czechoslovakia it, you know, we should make it all <laughs> lovely velvet parting of the ways. So for you there's there's not anything left? Well, how do you mean? Uh well I I I wondered if you know, I guess I thought it might be worth raising. Are there any uh positives about the nightmare we've shared? As in I guess if if there was anything there, uh, if there was, then it would be so convenient. Yeah, well, it would be incredibly convenient because you would be married to your husband. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me think of the scheduling. It's it's mess free. Yeah, you've fallen in love finally. You've uh, you've you've fallen in love with our scheduling opportunities. Uh huh. And I would also, you know, I would love to not to have, uh... You don't like to fail a test, do you, Siobhan? That's a fantastic line. Uh, look. I know that we've said the worst things. But I... I think I've always just been scared in relationships of... Uh-huh. Wait, can you pause real quick? I when she started doing it, I started screaming. I was like, I said, is she about to die? What is happening? Like, how is she? We're getting another <laughs> character revelation at this point. I was stressed. No, nah, she was just finally saying something honest to her finally, husband. Finally, being like, vulnerable. Yeah, that's like that is like her fatal flaw is that like she cannot like open up at all. Like she has a fear of that, like to the point that it stops her from ever doing anything because she's always trying to compensate. Uh, but this one's time she actually did open up, and I don't know if Tom's receptive or not. It makes me realize too that like she has the same issue as Roman; it just looks completely different. I, I can see that. You know, what's the worst thing a person thinks? But we know. But once you've said and done the worst things, you're kind of free. Yeah, I guess, I guess my question is, are you interested in a real relationship? Honest to God, I don't know. Shiv, I just, I, uh, I just don't know. So yeah, I thought that scene was fantastic to set up what happened later on in the episodes, like the first part. This is like a three-act play, just in terms of Tom and Shiv's uh, interaction this episode. Yeah, we had a lot out of that. Yeah, that was was the first act. Uh, Rich, what did you think about that scene with uh, Tom and Shiv? I think, to what you guys are talking about, I think that makes sense, but I also think a lot of this is happening because the power dynamic for the first time in their relationship is either pro-Tom or neutral. Mm-hmm. This is the same woman that on their wedding night said, yeah, I don't believe in monogamy. So, and so now she's talking about how, you know, she never opened up to people. I was like, okay, so this is the shield you see from the power dynamic that opens up 
when she sees you as an equal because she wasn't necessarily even talking like this with the dude that is now, you know, probably president elect. Um, mm -hmm. she, she was more or less seeing him as a, uh, or at least the, 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 you know, media guy for that, that person. I, I think their relationship has been so fraught with power and just like all of the kids, like, Look at Roman when Jerry was the mentor versus when he went through the CEO arc and the way mm -hmm. he flipped on her and the way he had a panic attack later, which we'll get to, I'm sure. Just seeing her, like the power she had over him was amazing. And so for Tom and and Shiv, and there's only so many times where Tom calls her Siobhan. Mm -hmm. and, and it's every time it's a very like Matthew McFadden turns on and it's no longer Tom Wom scans. And I'm like, I'm waiting for his actual accent to slip in and spooks, but it's like, okay, all right, I see you, but that's, and that's the beauty of this show. Absolutely. Um, after that, uh, we cut to Hugo and Ken. Uh, Ken finds out Roman's at Caroline's house. Hugo tells him that Roman, uh, Caroline, I mean, sorry, Ken calls Caroline because as, uh, as Rich mentioned, she didn't call him. She calls Shiv. He's trying to talk to Roman. He don't want to go. He's just trying to talk to him on the phone. She's like, yeah, I'm not trying to do this. Why don't you come over here and we can have dinner together? Because she, like Rich said, she's really just trying to get him over for the pitch from Peter Munyon. <laughs> but uh, Roman, Ken ends up, you know, saying that he's going to go. He thinks he got Roman in the bag. <laughs> the fun. This was the fun, one of the funniest parts of the episode. He says, New Jess, New Jess, come on. <laughs> he calls his sister New Jess. I was wondering Jess. if that's what, was, what I heard. That is wild. That's what he said, New Jess. But, she doesn't have a also, name. But at the same time, when he got up to his mom's house, I also noticed that he spoke to the staff. Like by yeah, Portia. So, yeah, so he's still doing, like, he still has this balance where it's like, in some ways, he's still the better person, but not but also not. I don't know. So then we go to Caroline's house in Barbados, and this house was incredible, by the way. Like, mm -hmm. the this show both made you hate the rich, but also just realize, like, how filthy rich people are, like, how nice their stuff is at the same time. Um, Roman tells Shiv, uh, Roman comes up, he tells Shiv that he got in a fight with some of her liberal friends, <laughs> that's kind of how he described it. Yeah, that's and wild. later in the episode, he talks. He says, "Yeah, I, I did this, but I won the fight." Which he, I mean, clearly he did not win. That's first of all, it wasn't a fight. He just it's got all, slapped. Every word, <laughs> every word in that sentence was incorrect. That man, yeah, him saying like, "By the way, I won." I was like, "That is the first sign you lost, sir." Yes. Like, sir, just, you you barely survived. Are you okay? The only way it would have been better if he said, you should have seen the other guy. Right. <laughs> that would have made Wait, it better. He would have said. That's how you know he's really off because he didn't get, He didn't even get fully into it. Um, And then later, obviously, like, we just... He talked Roman too much could, later. Well, well, no, I was just going to say about the... He actually is embarrassed later about mm -hmm. those scars. And it's like, the growth we saw in Roman in two episodes out of, out of this world, like, not growth, but just like the the trends that like the change we've seen him be the same mm -hmm. for so long, and we saw him heighten his assholery during the election night, and then we've seen this like steady decline into like actual human being. So anyway, it's just been 
that broken like, human being. <laughs> yeah, but but like but not a robot incel, and just you know you I can't stress enough how amazing these actors are. Going back to Sarah Snook and Matthew McFadden, both not being American and having particular like like those mm-hmm. like how Shiv has the up the lilts in her voice and all that, and like or thinking about how um you know Kieran Culkin like. I, it's hard for me to not think this is who he truly is. It's hard for me to separate. That's how good he is. And I'm like, is he not? You tell me he's not a fuckboy in real life. How is that possible? So um, I just, <laughs> just getting distracted by like how good. Don't give him a is. Pepsi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a good call, man. <laughs> um, so Peter. Uh... Peter, they, uh, Roman says that Peter fixed him up, they, like fixed his eye and cleaned him up because, of course, Caroline wanted no parts of that um, at all. This and, bitch says she don't like face eggs. No, she said, I have to quote, she says, um, she says, I don't like eyes. Eyes are just face eggs. <laughs> that is the most like, you, you expect most moms in a fictional series like dab your face, do the little thing with her tongue, put some ice. She's like, no, face eggs, I'm out. That is again, all of these folks broken. Just broken. Uh so yeah, so then uh Stewie tells Ken he's with him. He's on his way in there. And Stewie also tells Ken that Matson was meeting with Lawrence from Volter, which I thought that was a great tie-in because we haven't mm-hmm. heard. He was in the first episode of the show, and then he's in the last yeah. episode of the show. I thought it was good synergy. What were we gonna say, Rich? Oh no, I just this this all is just a neat little package, and just the anxiety starts building from here. <laughs> yes, uh, Ken immediately wants to talk about the vote. Like he doesn't even give like any type of like small talk it's just immediately like roman what are you doing he starts like berating him like come on like you know don't let me down roman walks off because he's just like he said i was in a violent fight that i won by the way (laughs) that was the exact quote Mm -hmm. uh by by the way though like it is weird how everybody on the day of has these jitters because if anyone if anyone i thought would just be like yeah it's ken it would have been roman obviously we see sorry you might have heard music come on i'm in new york um which means people just play loud music right there um anyway so uh i feel like what roman might have he obviously still had self-preservation in mind but i was just surprised that he was that off the grid about this thing when him and when he knew kendall's aspirations this whole time uh so maybe he didn't really support kendall like taking to his level maybe he always thought he would coo it but i don't know it just was weird to me Uh, not weird to me i guess it does make sense but i was surprised before I had those revelations from him later about how he felt that like he even had to go after him like this, or he was like hiding out. Tom, Greg, and uh, Lucas at an art show. And at this point I started to question like, why the hell is Tom hanging out with Lucas? Like, this is weird. Uh, They are, they're talking about some piece of art or whatever. Tom is like all nervous about every word or phrase that he says, like how it makes him sound towards Lucas. Is he going to lose his job as head of ATN? Um, you know, Greg says, you know, Tom tells Greg, you know, if, if Lucas wins this, like, you're going to lose your job. And Greg's like, no, nah, dog. <laughs> I drank, what did he say? I drank drinks that shouldn't have been drank last week. Yeah. 
<laughs> I danced with an old man. Lucas loves me. Uh, and Greg. Well, Lucas and- is a hoe that's not loyal. That's the thing that like everybody really needs to zero in on. This man has been playing, doing, just conveniently being like manipulative this whole time. Yeah, he's he's trying to be Logan in a way. He almost says that. Didn't he? I think at some point he's I could have sworn at some point he says something like that. Um yeah, Richie, we're gonna say something or no? No, no, that wasn't I I was just I'm just taking it in. I think uh you're both right and Matson kinda wants to be a Logan figure, but he does it with where Logan was acerbic. Matson is just like so standoffish until like the very end. And then you got to see the Logan side that he was trying to hide by being this like uh tech dude bro. Absolutely. Uh Tom tells Greg, hey dog, even if you keep your job, they're gonna cut your pay to like 40, 50 grand a year because you're the highest paid assistant. Greg they say Greg's making two hundred K. Greg mm-hmm. gotta come up from wearing that stupid suit at the parks that he threw up in to make it two hundred K in a year. And I a free you, apartment. Greg. Remember and they still have apartment. apartment. Yes, and a free fly ass apartment that Kendall doesn't want to be in. Uh, so yeah, I can see why Greg is the Greg's actions are completely understandable. He's just trying to even more than Tom, because I'm sure Tom, if he even gets a divorce from Shiv, I'm sure Shiv, I'm sure it's not like you get zero. So he's going to get like something, and you know he may not be ultra rich anymore, but he's going to be fine. Greg, remember, Ewan gave all of Greg's inheritance to Greenpeace. So he don't got his inheritance anymore. <laughs> and Logan died. He made that deal with Logan. And Logan died. So Greg is the ultimate, like, I just want to get in where I can fit in uh, type character. Yeah, I think also because of their dynamic, it's like it made sense when him, when they were a team and they were both scrapping it up and trying to, like, stay relevant, like, before, basically before Tom became head of news. Like, they were, in a way, they had, like, a jilted relationship. Obviously, there was, like, you know, professional abuse and all that, but at the same time, they were a unit. Now, like Tom is, I think he just realizes that he's there's still going to be a level of mistreatment if he stays with Tom, and it'll only get worse. Um, so that's why I feel like he played it double. I, I, I don't know. I guess Greg had been doing this the whole time, but to, it felt really like um, his desperation was because he kind of knew that even though the quad treated he, the quad squad was not a real thing. It was like the way Tom treats them is absolutely worse. But mm-hmm. we kind of become like we ship them early because of the funny moments. But in reality, it's like, and I'm not even talking about the fight later. It's just like in reality, he's using Greg in a way where the other ones are just like letting Greg be there. And that's kind of a different. That's a different dynamic. But is he using Greg though? Because I think the end of this episode showed partially that they actually do have somewhat of a relationship at the end yeah but i think he was i felt like he was using him in the just in the literal sense of like you're my ears you're my eyes and ears. oh yeah yeah yeah, course, yeah like that yeah like he it, he's not just using him to like because he's slotted in in a good position to be close to matt and so he's just treating him still like he's his intern and try as they might like the roy kids never treated him like an intern like even when you know matt was there he's like that's my fucking cousin like don't talk to him crazy. So I just think there's like a difference there because that is actually their family, whether they want to treat him like a quad or not. So I don't know. I was just saying like, I know some people might be like, oh my God, Greg almost ruined it. But Greg really should have been a, like with the Roy's the whole time regardless because that is his actual family. 
So uh, Shiv and Ken are at Caroline's, and Ken tells Shiv that he got Stewie back, so he's starting to feel himself a little bit. And Shiv's, Shiv, at this point, Shiv is just super gloating. Like, you can't even surgically remove the smile from her face. And she's yeah. like, yeah, that's fine, but seven beats six, so I don't care. I'm cool. Um, and then Shiv, is, and then Shiv says something that's true. Just Ken's going on and on about, like, you don't have to gloat. You don't have to, like, try to play us. And Shiv's like, dog, when dad died, we were supposed to go in this all together. And you and Roman pushed me out. When I was back in y'all, because if you remember when they went to visit Madison, yep. they were all supposed to be like this, you know, team. And Shiv was on Kyoka, the team. She says later. Yeah, because they told Shiv, me and you, me and Roman will be the CEOs, but you'll be in every decision and we'll be a part of it. And then they basically made a decision to push Shiv out of there. So they did trigger this. And, but she is still gloating. So like, I think it fit the show of everyone's terrible, which I think the when the emailer said, what's one of the themes of this show? One of the themes to me of this show is that every person on the show is terrible. I think the only good person, well, the closest thing to a good person we saw was Sanai Lathan's character as the lawyer. <laughs> that was the closest yep, one. She got she out early. She got out early. She saw Ken was full of shit and was just like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not about to do this. <laughs> I'm not about to risk my reputation on Kendall Roy uh, and got out of there. Um so then they cut to Matson and Tom having dinner. Matson makes a joke about all fish are cousins of Brenzino. <laughs> and after eating sea bass, by the way, Chilean sea bass, uh, Matson asked Tom to pitch him. And I have this scene because this is where the whole show turns. Have to. Fighting. Yum, 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 yum. Yes. <laughs> and ATN is money. You know, I'm cutting heads and harvesting eyeballs. It's pretty. Yeah, pretty simple. Really, I give the customer what he wants. I don't think it's my place to offer dietary advice. You know, if they want red meat and boiling tar, then bon appetito. Right. <laughs> that is a fantastic line. I I can't mm-hmm. think of a better line describing Fox News. Like, that is Fox News. I'm not here to give dietary tips. If my, ba- if my people want red meat, then I'm going to give in black tar. I'm going to give them red meat and tar. Bon appetit. That's exactly the philosophy of Fox News, and it works. Yeah. <laughs> and on a hang level, who would you say you are? Who am I? Um, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I'm a grinder. I grind because I worry. I worry all night about everything, all the uh, threats to, to me and to my, um, <clears throat> my division of my physical body at night. I, uh, I have an excess of vigilance, I think, and I have a very, very high tolerance for pain and physical discomfort. Can I, can I be frank with you? Can, can you be discreet? Fuck yeah. <clears throat> so the thing is, um, with Shiv, uh, and with the votes coming up and all, can, can we keep this thing close to our chests until I know my numbers? Oh, sure. I think it's all fine. It's just I, I have this thing. With, with with her, um, which is like, like, is it is it a bit too much, you know? Okay. The cartoon? No, fuck no. the car- that was funny. I enjoyed that. No, she was kind of pushy on the India tactics, and at first I thought family continuity would be an upside, you know. Mm-hmm. But she, she is she's smart, but I got 
plenty of ideas, okay? I don't know if I need more ideas. I was in need of a little bit of the political connection, you know, but it turns out it's fucking easy. It really is, you know, and with Ebba and blah, 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 it's... I know everything. Okay? You do. I think you... I mean, you do. Yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Plus, with Shiv, there's also... You know... Um, She's somewhat, um, we're a bit clickety-clickety, if you know what I'm saying. Wait, please, please pause. Because I said, what the fuck did he just say? I watched it three times just saying, like, am I missing a, a, a physical, like, a physical body language cue that would explain what the fuck he said? Like, I, there, he just had to finish the sentence. I, from clickety-click-click, I didn't know what that, <laughs> did you know what that was? Where he was going with that? Oh, I knew exactly where he was going here. Okay. Yeah. But the clearly click click of it all was very much uh I was like, I'm missing something, and so I just let it play. So the only reason I know she knows is because this dude's a scars guard, and scars guards never do things like straight up. It's always gonna be <laughs> mm-hmm. some wild stuff. Right. All of that family. Right. Well, no, oh. I knew he was I knew he was about to turn on Shiv. I didn't know he was about to go full asshole misogynist chauvinist pig but then again i sh- it's just because i just don't remember i don't think about everything in the moment because the way he treats ebba is so clear of who he is and i mm-hmm. think that um so- sorry just reminds me of a tweet i wanted to share which is that yeah. and i should be tracking people's names but they were like reminder this is how white femininity upholds white supremacy and like patriarchy because she knows he's a piece of shit because of how he treats ebba and she's trying to protect him to get what she wants out of it but she ultimately never wins um, and, and, you know, like she never gets the top spot because people who treat other women like that are not going to treat you better just because you are rich or white or privileged or whatever. So I just think that's um, that's like a call out there of she walked herself into this, not to say she deserves to be like objectified, but like, why did you think he would treat you different? You have something he wants. That's it. Well, I have an so, interesting and, take and, on this. Oh, go ahead, Rich. Oh, no. I, you, you, y'all host, I'm, I'm, I'm on dip. I no, go, no, Rich. You're the guest. Okay. Go ahead. I, I was I was gonna say to like Janelle's point, like the the clickety clickety. Don't like I think we're don't like let that detract us from the fact that from a directorial and from a audiovisual standpoint, he's talking about the fact he has his own ideas. He knows everything. He didn't like that political cartoon. He mm-hmm. didn't like the picture of her as the puppet master. Three times he was asked about it, and three times he was like, nah, that's funny. It's cool. It wasn't cool. He didn't like, from the minute he saw that picture, the fact that he had a woman telling him what to do, specifically that woman. And so that was really weird, too. And that was just, again, more of that misogyny sandwich. But I think that part got hidden because he played it cool until he became Mm -hmm. a rage case later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me play the rest of the scene, then I'll give my take. A little bit. I want to fuck her on a little bit. And I think under. Sorry to get weird, but like the right circumstances. I think she fucked me too. Oh. Is this making you uncomfortable? I'm sorry if it's weird. Or... No, no, we're men. Yeah. I can't deal with the mess of that you know? so then I was thinking well if I can have fucking anyone in the world <laughs> why don't I get the guy who put the baby inside her instead of the baby lady yeah. 
baby lady. Yo, a baby lady. <laughs> and also the guy who, so the guy, what does that even mean? Like, why not so the, get the guy who had sex with her instead of the woman who also had sex? Like, just, I just, I'm just, I know what you're about to say, what he means, but I'm just being like, misogyny is so fucking stupid that it's like, who cares? She's the one who has to carry the baby. Like, they're like, none of that actually makes sense when you think about like what it means, but he's obviously a misogynist, so it makes sense to him. So, in the words of Conrad Thompson, a lot to unpack here. Uh, mm-hmm. There, there, so there's a lot here. So, like, the first thing is that, like Rich said, he didn't want Shiv anymore because he knew he did think Shiv was smart and Shiv did have good ideas. And he does not want someone to be a partner, which he later says. He he does not like that she was portrayed as a puppet master. He does not like that she has some type, some agency and that she has ambition. And even though he does think that there's a level of competence there. He don't as more each episode that's passed. Shiv went from more of a subservient role to more of like a in charge role. If you've noticed, like she's kind of mm-hmm. taking over the meetings and, and each time it's like pushed them away a little bit more. If Shiv was just the person doing the bidding for her, I think he, she would have ended up getting the job uh, partly, but then the part about having sex with her, I, it's absolutely misogyny and sexism, but it's like different in the sense that it's like it's a self it's a level of self awareness that you don't see in characters in TV and film, right? Because what he was saying was basically the last time I got attracted to someone who worked for me, I ended up in this messed up place with Eba, and I don't mm-hmm. want to, and I'm attracted to Shiv, and I don't and I know this is going to end badly for me. Because I know I can't help myself and I'm going to do some sexist stuff where I'm going to come on to her and I'm going to do something stupid and it could all blow up in my face. And this time I'm going to be in America, in America with American tabloids and it's not going to go my way the way that I could like control that over in my home country. And so he was basically saying like, yeah, I don't want to deal with any of that because I already know how messed up I'm going to be. And so like it was messed up. But it was a level of self-awareness that, like, was kind of incredible. Well, what'd you think about that, Rich, about uh, what he was saying about wanting to have sex with Shiv and the whole thing? I mean, just like with the blood, he starts with, I want to, and I think she might want to at some point, too. And that's already red flag, because it's like, mm-hmm. you're not looking for consent, you're looking for submission. And that's, that's, uh, that's, Again, they've been saying it's the reverse Viking. That's a very Viking way of looking at things. Absolutely. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I I mean, it's just interesting too because on some level he's he's probably accurate in that I think Shiv, if things had gone in this way where she was a CEO or he was still able to dangle it out in front of her some kind of way, they were developing a dynamic where it seemed like Shiv would think she was keeping her power or maintaining her power by having sex with him mm-hmm. because of what he was getting. Cause he was, you know, gassing her up as, as it went along. And like you said, the misogyny did whiplash and he realized last minute, like, fuck that. I don't want a woman who actually does think she can speak like who does, who like everything you just said, Brandon and rich. So anyway, yeah, I was just um, that. I mean, again, not a surprise, but just crazy when you think about, how apparent it was at that point 
Yeah, it's like the Deborah Lee thing. Didn't like Deborah Lee ended up like having sex with uh, Robert Johnson in like in a, in a way in a similar fashion. Like it was it was a very similar like power dynamic play by these men, and it, I've just never heard a man have the awareness that he knows that he's a trash like predator right he was essentially saying like i know i'm gonna do this messed up stuff so like the only thing i can do to not do it is to not put her in this position right sorry brandon the thing that's annoying though is like is it self-awareness or is it like is it is it like feeling it's inevitable when it's something that he i don't know i just feel like he didn't self-awareness to me is contextualized as like I know this is a problem. And he's more saying, like, I know this will cause an inconvenience for me. Not like I know I'm a piece of shit. So that's all I was going to right. say. Like, well, no, I'm not saying uh, sure. self-awareness in a positive. Like, that's a good trait. Yeah, generally in TV, the, the characters that act like that aren't, like, aware enough to not do it. Right? They just do it. Like, he was like aware enough to be like, "Hey, dog, like maybe I shouldn't do this," while still having all those terrible thoughts and beliefs. And by the way, probably thinking, he, I mean, I don't know, maybe he's aware enough to know that if he does put Tom in charge, that like his idea of fucking Shiv is like down the drain. Like that's not happening. Like he would have, he would have to know that that's not happening. You would think. Uh, and so let's finish this out. Right. Well, I could do it because. I could definitely, easily, definitely do it. I need an American, because I don't want to scare the horses. ATN being the, the profit center. Mencken likes you. If that happens, you know, you, um, you're fucking talented. So, uh, but also, honestly, I'm not looking for a partner. You know, I'm looking for a front man, because, um... We're going to cut shit close to the bone. We're going to get right fucking in there. It's going to get nasty. Uh, So I need a pain sponge when I'm under the hood doing what I love, you know? Sure. That's kind of what I'm after. So would that be a problem? Nah. No, man. Nah. I could do it. Logan Mark II. Only this time he's fucking sexy. <laughs> yes, I knew he had said that this episode. He basically just tells us that he wanted to be Logan Part Two. Oh, I thought he said Logan marked you, like Logan. No, with, Mark like, Two. Oh my god! Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that. Uh, so, of course, Tom has, you know, zero issues with being that person. Like just, just none at all. But you know how great this show is. <laughs> this is the same conversation we had last episode between Ken and Hugo. It's the yep. same thing when Ken tells Hugo, "Hey, dog, listen, I'm not, I'm not. This ain't no partnership. I need you to be my dog." But the scraps at the table are worth millions. Is what he told Hugo. It's literally what he just told Tom. Like the synergy, yep. the synergy there is incredible. So Tom it's almost is, as if this writer's room was very well coordinated and they planted Easter eggs along all four seasons, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's almost like he knew what the ending was going to be. Right, when beginning. he started it, huh? Uh, so, yes, you know, Tom Tom basically says he's in. Greg comes over and Greg's like, what happened? And Tom basically says, 
you know, he tries to downplay it and says, like, you're going to be okay. I think we can keep you on barely is what he tells him. Greg gets up on his own. Is Greg by the way, though, was, be- that, was that a mistake on, by, on Tom's part? Yes. Yeah. Well, because Greg is the smartest dumb person on the show. Uh, so Greg takes goes to the bar, and Matson and, and Oscar want to buy him drinks. And Greg is the only person in the history of the show that thought, I don't speak Swedish. Maybe I should use Google Translate when they're speaking Swedish around me to see what the hell they're saying. Y'all, can I <laughs> tell you how relieved I was, like, finally, I know what the fuck they're saying because I've been so irritated this whole time because I know they're talking shit, but I want to know exactly how, but I also want to honor, like, if they don't give you subtitles because they want you to also feel left out. So Greg looking it up, I was like, Greg, thank you. Yeah, Greg is me. So that was like a moment where I was like, go, Greg, you got this. So in the Google Translate, he basically finds out that he doesn't know who they're giving it to, but he just knows that they're going to tell Shiv it ain't her. Um, I'm actually surprised they were actually going to plan to tell Shiv that it ain't her, which is, I thought they were just going to do a surprise. Well, I think they were were figuring out that option, but I think what they, what was a, um, I also think if Greg knew it was Tom from that combo, he also would have made different choices. He definitely would have just been like, oh, I'm good. So that was kind of where what did get lost in translation was who they were going to pick instead of not shift. So it would have been interesting if he had that info to see, like, I think it would have just been a complete, like, slaughter if he hadn't told them. So, uh, yeah, that ends up the dinner. So then Greg is on the, uh, Greg comes up. Oh, yeah. Okay. So then we go to dinner at Caroline's. And Caroline is at dinner. She don't really want to talk about none of this stuff at Waystar. Um, and then Ken thinks it's a, but then she says, I think what will be best for all of you is to get out. At first, and for a second, I was <laughs> like, oh, Caroline has it right. right. She realizes how. Mm-hmm how toxic this is and that her kids need to get out of this to survive and immediately immediately the show goes actually she just wants them to cash out and get the money so yep. that they can pitch so that her husband can pitch this ridiculous plan to them yeah they definitely did that for us they were like we know y'all think she's a piece of shit we'll give you proof so i very much was like this is the only i, I guess i was thinking maybe she's she's getting sentimental because again, like the way she called them in, the way she made sure, but I guess it's just revealed that basically she knows Kendall's not for the bullshit. And so that's yeah. why she didn't invite him in the first place and didn't care for him to be there. Yeah, pro wrestling, they call it a hope spot. <laughs> that was a hope spot for Caroline, which she immediately got uh, the heat back put on her. Uh, so Ken gets a while they're in the middle of this awful pitch. Uh, and by the way, I did have a note that Somebody who writes on this show is intensely familiar with like tech bro pitches. Cause like I work in tech and they're not as elegant as the writing on this show, but the way that Kendall talks and everything's a pitch, that's exactly how it is in the tech world. And everything is a pitch. And they get they nailed that to a T. Um somebody tweeted, a- somebody tweeted like it's cracking me up to think there's a Kendall Roy like person who uh pitched max and is excited that we converted to max yesterday and thinks they hit a home run <laughs> and i was like oh my god inception yeah ken gets the call from greg so he gets to leave the horrible pitch meeting uh shiv and um roman are salty greg tells ken 
basically, if I give you something amazing, will you give me something awesome? <laughs> and Greg says he wants to go. Where's my quote? He says, uh, could I quad it up like full quad? <laughs> I, love uh, I love that. He's really like, come on, bro. Just tell me I'm in. And another thing I like about this show is they often do the thing where you know what a character is going to say or do, but they don't actually show them or let you hear them saying or doing it, but you know it's happening. So like two episodes ago at um, at Waystar on election night when Shiv was in that meeting room after she did that fake call to Jimenez, and then you see Kendall calling Jimenez and then going to talk to Greg, but you don't actually hear what Greg says to Kendall. But you know exactly what Greg says to Kendall. Like that's, I, I think that's a good way of storytelling. Yeah, superb writing for sure. Because it, we don't need that. And then also, it's because they know they have a storyline that does not like need just extra dialogue. To like, they're like they, like you said, we know what's happening. Yeah, so we know that Greg told Shiv told Ken that uh, Madsen's not going to pick Shiv, and so Ken comes back and. He tells Roman and Shiv to come out, like, to talk. Ken basically tells him what's going on. Of course, Shiv thinks it's a play or, you know, a ploy to try to get her to back out. But Ken's like, no, no, I'm serious. Call whoever you need to call. And, like, I think Shiv kind of knew something in the back of her mind because you can see on her face where she was, like, trying to play it straight. But, like, she knew. And then she gets the draft. Uh, I think Caroline sends her the draft. And it has like the X's in her name, like for the spot that is going to be someone else, but they don't know who it's going to be yet. And you can just see like her heart drop at this point. It was just like, what What did I do all of this for? And it was such a, like, it was right after the gloat. It was like, she's still basking mm-hmm. in her win and it's snatched from her. And I think like Kendall did do the big, not the eldest, but the big brother moved and he was kind there. But that's what makes Kendall so frustrating is like, he does that, but he's doing it to be like see I'm the one right because I came <laughs> yeah. to you like brother right like basically and and yes. I think the uh, remember Matson put her on on uh, direct voicemail when every mm-hmm. other time when she he would call or she would call back in the series he was like first ring pick up mm-hmm. exactly uh, they get a call from Tellus Tellus basically tells them you know if Shiv gets on board they gotta play but they need to present like a cohesive story to the board. It can't be no co-CEO. Like you need to pick someone. And of course, Ken thinks it's him. And then we get this scene of the Sibs strategizing. Call Laird. Call anyone. Honestly, anyone. Anyone would say we have to go into battle with our own version of the future with a king. Oh, and pray tell. Do you have one in mind? Madsen's a fucking prick, mm-hmm. right? He practically killed dad, dragging him over. He's capricious, he's cold, he doesn't understand the business. He's a prick. I would like to kill him. And if we're gonna kill him, we need to get real. And we would need... I think it would be me, right? Well... Dad said that it would be me. When? Well, we were getting close again before and you know this mostly and I was texting and he was warm and he said when I was with him late one night that it should be Hmm. persuasive what else did he say when no one was around that he was the Zodiac killer that he did Tupac 
Michael. It's fucking, <laughs> I've said it, it's true, and yeah, fuck it. Do whatever you want with that. It's just the fucking truth. Well, he offered it to me too, Rome. Oh, yeah? He, he, he fucking promised it to me. Promised. When I was seven, he sat me down at the candy kitchen in Bridgehampton, and he fucking promised it to me. Seven years old. Can you imagine? Yeah. Picks or it didn't happen. That explains the entire Kendall character right but, there. <laughs> but by the way, that does explain Kendall's backstory. That does explain his villain origin. But by the, but I want my by the way is that you're in a funeral. We hear you and tell this heartbreaking story. And then I'm like, okay, wait, that shit he went through does not translate to this type of parenting. Like, it's just confusing that he's playing mind games with his kids. Like, I'm sure there's a psychiatrist somewhere who can explain it, but I'm just like, dang, of all the ways he could have displayed his pain, this is like a particularly manipulative one. Mm-hmm. And, but you know what? I tweeted out on in, at, when I was watching this that Ken's not wrong here. Uh, he's, if if you were inclined to want them to be in charge and stop Madison from getting the company, he everything that he said in this uh in this conversation was 100% true. It had to be one person. Roman one does not actually want it and two he's not he's not ready to do that. And then Shiv you can't just go from being Madsen's like puppet and having features in New York magazine saying that you're like on team Madsen and then be like actually I want to just run road, uh, waste on myself. Like that wouldn't work either. So like Ken was right. What'd you think, Rich? I think that's the story. I mean, when you, when you talk about those Roman and Kendall, you get it. Roman, maybe up until the last, remember this is all in the same week episode wise, uh, up until this week. Sure. Kendall, everything he did before this week says, don't make him CEO this week. He is the best CEO material. Shiv, from the start in this series, has been the person that said, if you don't make me the boss, I will go to the other side. Whether it was presidential, whether it was television, or now with the whole control of the company. So she couldn't be that person. I mean, you you, you were talking earlier about them with the money. We forget about the fact that they have a deal within a deal. If this deal goes through, they're still buying the other the liberal family out yeah and they're gonna have that to run absolutely wait i actually was not sure that that was still happening so that's good insight well they talk about it even in this scene they brought him in that's why they were sitting at the vote that's why they had a vote yeah even in this scene ken says listen uh well you know he says it later but he goes basically goes like roman he goes like shiv you can be in charge of atn you can do news you can save the world you know, and then Roman, you can be back in social media or whatever. Uh, but they had talked about Pierce a couple episodes back as well. Um, and so, you know, they basically, he goes through the whole pitch and then they start walking towards the beach and, you know, Roman, Roman doesn't want to go into the water because he's afraid of the sharks, which relates to me greatly. I would feel the same way. Can't lie. Mm-hmm. And Ken's like, the Sharks don't live here, dog. We're good. Uh, and then we get another quick scene that I wanted to play because I thought 
this was like the first time, like this scene and what came after was like the first time where you saw the siblings like actually think outside of what's best for themselves and act like siblings. We could fuck it. Get out. Sell to Matson, let Lawrence or some other business school dry cleaner mm-hmm. sit in the throne. Shut up shop and give away the keys. Can't be him though. But it really can't be you. Well, okay, I hate him, but I fear you. He would be unbearable, and you would be a disaster. He'd be... It will be terrible. It will. But, I don't know. I can sort of, unfortunately, see it. Whereas you... Matson took me seriously. Or he played you like a big fiddle. Like a pregnant cello. Sorry. Wait, pause real quick. Mm-hmm. Is that the first time he said something and just immediately was like, yeah, I went too far? Like, even that. And I don't know if we've ever seen Shiv and Roman have a real conversation. Like, even they're being silly, but like, this is just groundbreaking. Yeah. I mean, that joke was just like a normal, like, a relatively normal for him, just like brother dig. Right. It was like, it wasn't last week where he wants to jerk off to her breastfeeding. Like, (laughs) like, it's like a significant, like, come down. Who do you think dad actually wanted to give it to? Uh, I don't think dad gave a fuck about anything more than putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah, I don't think he wanted to give it to any of us. Yeah. I don't know. You could give it to him. Yeah. Probably should. Roman knows the answer. And he says it later this episode. But, like, the last thing Logan said to all three of them when they were all together is he said, I love you, but you aren't serious people. <laughs> and then he proceeds to say, go vote for the merger so that we can move on and you guys can go do whatever the hell y'all want to do. Like, so like in this point, Roman brings up, I don't think dad wanted to give it to any of us. Like, I think he knows, like he did not think any of us were capable of doing this or elsewise. He would have chosen one of us because he did build the business. Um, and he didn't give it to him. Unless, unless, unless we kill him. Okay. Kill him. Yeah. I like that. That's intriguing how we do it. Well, just a bit of horseplay gone wrong. Just a biff to the head and a bonk on the noggin with a coconut. Basically, he goes limp, yeah. goes around, comes around. Yeah, and if we kill him, we get to go to bed. I'm tired. He'd be so annoying if it went wrong. The murdering. Like, did you just try to murder me? It is. So, not actually what you're meant to do, and it is not a good thing to do. You got- <laughs> That's exactly what Kendall would have said, by the way. Uh, so they basically agree to anoint Kendall as the as the person in charge, as the one that's moving forward. Um, Chanel, what did you think about that idea? Did you think at this point did you think it was going to work out for Ken? I'm, okay, I'll say this: there was a reason why I was always Team Roman, and it shows here because when you can get him to put down those layers. He's in a way the least selfish and the most rational um, 
I know that sounds crazy, but in this moment, I think it's shown because, like you said, he knows and he's and he knows that he wants it, but he wants it. Mean that it is really his dad's approval, right? Um, but I thought that scene, he was showing leadership and he was also being kind. I was really relieved because I think we all agree, like we just said, it is Kendall if it's going to not be Matson. Um, and then, you know, again, I think we saw the first, we, a second later, we see the, I really cannot think of a time Kendall smiled full teeth ever on this show. So we just see like a moment of hope and, um, you know, watching the after show, it broke my heart because I'm like, oh, bro, like. They never meant for us to have this. Like the writers are snatching it back as soon as they can. Um, I don't know, Rich. Did you did you think it might last possibly? No, especially with the way that like British <laughs> ser- serials go. Like they have a finite ending. They usually end before you want them to, and that's always the beauty of watching British series. So when I saw these guys had written so many really good other shows, I was all I, w- I was hooked, and I think. Having these actors, honestly, we hadn't talked about it this year like we did last year yet, though. I don't know how long you can work with Jeremy Strong. Yes. <laughs> like, like by the by the time we got to this final season, everybody on the cast was like, this dude is loco. But scenes like the funeral, scenes like the one shot reaction to Logan's death. Yo, Bruh, the spit that came out of his craft. mouth when they fought later. Sorry, Rich. I'm just like, yeah. that type of shit. Sorry, say the thing you said that I talked over you. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. That's it. I was literally like, when he lo- when he lost it on Roman, that wasn't the dude. And I love that. I thought the, 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 the full circle with that. That isn't the dude that protected him when they put him in the cage anymore. Mm-hmm. That isn't the dude. That was the dude that did all that. And you still said that about his kids. Mm. And he yes. lost it. Like I can't wait to get visceral. to that. Like I don't know if that was in the script. Like it, I don't even want to know. This is like for wrestling. Like oh my god, I don't I, know. I, and if it was in the script, they one million percent did not rehearse it. He just came at Karen when he was ready, and Karen just had to be ready. Like I, for right. a fact, he would not have been. He would not have taken the acting safety lessons. He would have just been like, "Let's do it. No stage fighting. Let's let's get it on." Absolutely. I can't wait to get to that. So they basically tell Ken, like like Chanel said, you see Kendall smile. The moment I saw them say, is this what happy Kendall looks like? I said, this is going to blow up in his face. I, I immediately knew this was not going to go down because uh, that's not what this show is uh, at all. And I don't understand why people... That's just the one thing I don't understand is why people thought that was the show. I was like, that's not the show. Like, the show is never going to end when the three siblings get together and they take down the evil person, like before we knew Logan was going to die, they were like, the three siblings are going to get together. They're going to take down Logan. And I'm like, have y'all watched the show? Like that is not the show at all. I do think though, there's a, there's a, an American version out there maybe in another universe where he does get it, but he's still not fulfilled. And it's like, that's maybe where I thought they could have gone with it. Like he gets it, but it's not what we think and like maybe we get the same exact ending scene as we do no matter what happens um but yeah I agree with you like I knew it wasn't gonna be a happy ending but it was I think this is when you texted me like this is the only time I've ever liked them and I'm like yeah because they're they're just wounded children adults who are going back to a happy place and even the mom comes down and like you know radio like comes in all British and 
and <laughs> annoying, yes. right? But like, even she's a mother for 10 seconds, you know, it's like, literally, she says, I love you at the end of the night. Like, what? Yeah, huh? they basically go back in the kitchen, they're making jokes, and they act like they're drunk. Uh, and they, they want to make like this blender meal that you see in movies all the time, where you just put a bunch of stuff in a blender as like a, like a anointing of Kendall and <laughs> Roma's licking Peter Munya's cheese. And they ended up dumping it on Kendall's head. They said that he was, uh, uh, he had to wear his crown. <laughs> Caroline had a line that said, Peter doesn't like the knobbies. And so she had a whole bag full of the end of the bread in the freezer. Which was hilarious to me. Um, as someone used to go spend the time, I used to go spend every summer with my grandmother in the country in Virginia. And the knobbies were like, oh no, I I grew up like, I'm not going to eat the knobbies. And you grow up in the country and it's like, the knobbies are the best part. And mm-hmm. I I grew to love Acquired the knobbies. Taste. Well, side note, um, Jeremy Strong did actually drink that smoothie. <laughs> of course he did. Of course he did. Uh, <laughs> and that's why she's spitting it because she knew he would. Yes, of course he did. <laughs> Ken, uh, so then they, uh, I was like, yeah, this is a good scene. Look at them being actual kids. Um, but then, you know, it's going to end horribly. So the kids are on their way back to New York. Connor calls them and tells them to come over to dad's house. Uh, and so then we go to Connor's house now, Connor and Willis' house. For the great reallocation is what Connor calls it. Uh, and essentially he's come up with this convoluted way to give away all of that Logan shit. So he wants them to like put stickers on and then you get like multiple rounds to put stickers on things. And then you get the bid on which ones you want. And then he had a secondary, he said he had a secondary, a second tier bereaved. It was his line. And it was like another room and it was like Carrie and some yeah. other people sitting there, uh, to go through stuff. And then. Uh, they go into the kitchen, I mean, to the dining room, and he has his TV on. He's like, I'm going to have a virtual dinner with Dad. And you see a side of Logan that you've never seen before. Like, he's doing this... Uh... Actually, I think I have to see. Save. Yeah, I do. Before you do, uh, though, um, you're right. Carrie really loved him. And it's so clear. She's literally sitting there with her boyfriend, and she's enjoying the moment and soaking it up. So that like kind of cleared up a little bit of that. Like she genuinely cared about this man. It wasn't just gold digging. So um, I appreciated seeing that, I guess. And it was like that. Remember how Connor said at a karaoke, like I got close to dad at the end. It was great to see them. Like they had, they just had a night. And because the mm-hmm. three kids weren't there with all their d- drama, they just had a night, you know? Yeah. God, don't lose. Is he doing, the, wait, the losers list? Yeah. Mondale, Carter, <laughs> A4, not a Lincoln for me. <laughs> Hippie George, Humphrey, St. Barry, Dick the Bad, Wilkie, Landon, Hoover, Al Smith of the Vatican, David Cox, Hughes, Taft, Brian, Martin Van Buren, White, Old Tippecanoe, Clay, hey, JQA. <laughs> How many elections? Elections of your lost <laughs> Clinton the first, but not, not the, the worst. Pinckney twice, Jefferson, Adams, all very nice. Very nice. That's actually pretty impressive too, because mm-hmm. 
and when I went back to get my degree in political science, like one of the things they had like a joke where you had to name all the presidents in order or reverse order that like won, but to name all the ones that lost in reverse order is kind of incredible. Uh, yeah, a kind of incredible thing. What were you gonna say, Rich? No, I was just agreeing with. I think it's the, it's the mind of a man. Uh, you, you you both talked a little bit about his emotional unavailability for his kids after the harrowing story by his brother. And I think these are the signs of a guy that had to keep himself kind of like compartmentalized. And so the kid, the other three kids couldn't ever see this. Kendall, this was his one shining moment. This was his me and dad. And again, all they're all regardless of age from 30 something to 50 something kids still. And that's, mm-hmm. man, that's, that's the darkest part of this. That and, you know, you know, potentially influencing an election <laughs> yeah yeah burning a burning a a, a voting center <laughs> to, to win uh yes uh so you know then uh jerry gives this poem and then carl sings a song and then connor does like i'm a little teapot as logan roy which was kind of hilarious uh and so they found a way to get logan in the last episode which I wish they had bets on that because I would have put the bet on that and it came true that they were going to find a way to get Logan in on this last episode because it was the only right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the kids seemed genuinely moved by this. Like Roman was kind of happy tears. They were yeah. like, it was like happy tears, like seeing this thing, which was kind of amazing to see. But they, I think they were also like, in a way, like, damn, we had that beef at the end yeah. and we weren't a part of this. Like, yeah. we've never seen Dad like this, and Connor got to see it type of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, by the way, though, um, putting him in the episode, it's funny that you say that, because, like, yeah, they would never have, like, a, they're holding a photo of him, and there's a nice flashback. Like, they don't have that in mm-hmm. this show. So, like, that was kind of the only way to do it, So because this kind of cutaway scene was interesting. Did you, did we talk about Slovakia? Oh, mm-hmm. you know what? I forgot about that. So yeah, Slovenia. Uh, he was supposed to go to Slovenia. That was like the deal he made with Mankin to publicly like support him in his concession speech. And Willa is like, Willa looks like someone who just won the lottery. Willa was like, "Yo, I got this sweet ass pad in Manhattan all to myself. My old ass husband is going to be halfway across the country. I can Literally, get me a little yep. side piece, get everything that I want." And and Roman said, I had to quote, Roman said, um, they call that the second week itch. He's <laughs> screaming. Yeah, he's, <laughs> I mean, he's right, because she's like, like you said, she's in this $7 million penthouse, and she's, because re- it comes up, because they're like, you don't want to keep any of that stuff. And he's like, well, basically, he won't have room for it in this huge mansion, because Willa wants to make it hers. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then Shiv says, well, you know, Mankin's got that court case in Wisconsin coming up. So if he loses that, you might get to keep Connor all to yourself. And the sadness that came over Willa's face was fantastic. She looks like so sad at that possibility. She didn't even realize that was a possibility. She was so sad. Uh, so, yeah. So do we think that's that. an allusion to the idea that that actually does happen? Yeah, and I think, I think it was also on the news as well. Like one of the news things at the very beginning that mm-hmm. Wisconsin was starting to like challenge. And so, and even in the after the show, they said like it's kind of the inkling. 
that isn't going to be the way it's going to go in terms of like their announcement of the president versus the reality of who the president should be. I always looked at this world uh, and Rich, you're a comic book fan like me, is like, so, like some people were like saying this is supposed to be our world. And I'm like, no, this is not supposed to be our world. This is like another earth where most mm-hmm. of the things that happen in our world happen, but the way that people react to things are different. Right. So like the way that the Roy's handle things are like how people handle things, but, but they don't play the same way that they would play in our world in, in certain ways. Right. So like, I think it's like an alternate universe of our, our world. Like there's people that act like that. Like that, like the people ultimately make those decisions that Roman and Logan and all of them do. But generally those people are not nearly as charismatic as like the low, you know, the Roy's are in this way, right? So it's like, it's like an alternate universe in some way of like how this world works. And so it was interesting that that, um, Logan's reverse presidency started with Al Gore, right? I think think Gore was the first one. Was it Kerry or Gore? I think it was either Kerry or Gore, but he didn't touch like Obama or anything like that. Like it started with Kerry or Gore when he started going back in the president. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So then Shiv goes to talk to Tom and tells Tom that like Lucas is like kicking her out, like not picking her and that she's siding with the Sibs. And Tom is doing such a horrible job of pretending like he doesn't know. Like it's so obviously on his face that he knows what's going on here. And so he eventually says, uh, actually I have a clip. This is what, this is what he said to Rich. I don't know if Chanel will get this, but Rich will absolutely get this. This is what, um, Tom said to Shiv. It's me, me Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> it's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. That's what he said, too. He was like, it's me, Shiv. And Shiv was like, get the hell out of here. Like, what? And she was furious. And then Tom was like, you know, maybe you could support it. I know you would do it if it was the other way around. Which is true. She would ask him to do that if it was the other way around. But that's because, like Chanel said in the beginning of this episode, I know Rich said there's a power dynamic between them that has flipped completely on his face at this point uh, to the point that Tom is getting pegged as the CEO. And she says straight to his face, he wants an empty suit, which is true. But it's kind of a thing that you say to your husband right there. Uh, it's kind of a wild thing. And then Shiv, acting on emotion, goes back into the room. Is basically like, "All right, let's let's get this let's get this going." Uh, what did you think about this scene, uh, Rich? I loved it. McFadden and Snook, as always, like you know, said they're they're a phenomenal pair as actors. And this was just another case. She's like, "How did you microwave the betrayal this time? Like at least last time it was a slow burn. This time it was like boop boop and done." I'm the boss now, but she has, again, just like when you, as much as I, you know, feel bad at times for Tom. And then I see the way he treats literally everyone else in the world around him. Think about the call center. He set up with Greg on zoom to fire people. That's basically what Madsen needs him to do. He's going to be the killing fields as CEO. And so with this scene, I'm, I'm, I'm both proud of him for asserting himself finally in his marriage, but also it's hilarious to me that Shiv 
didn't see, as always, hasn't seen coming. He isn't the smartest person in the room. That's the part of the Roy family genetics she got that is like completely messing her up sideshow Bob wise. She just keeps stepping on that race. Yep. So then we yeah, get to absolutely. vote. Uh, sorry, I just want to say, yeah, like she she marches out, and it's like some part of you wants to be like, ooh, like women's power, girl power, but like it's so deceptive because it's like she doesn't even mean what she's about to go do. She's just reacting, and it's like she just said earlier, maybe we should try, maybe we are equals, but the idea that he could be above her sets her completely the fuck off even though she just said i want to be in a relationship with you maybe we should stay married she's upset that he got something she wanted which isn't human but not necessarily what you see in like a marriage that should be occurring so we get to vote day and this is where rich mentioned lucas went full like losing it like it's election day like he's yelling at him like we need to get everything in order like he's ready to go uh, for I said they were prepping for this board meeting like it's game seven. Uh, well, actually, no, he comes running in because it gets leaked that it gets because she, uh, sorry, Shiv mentioned without thinking that it was Greg who told her. So Tom mm-hmm. knows. And so we do, I think we. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. I'm yeah. glad you said that. We I skipped a very important scene. Tom pulls Greg into the bathroom. I have the notes here. I don't know how I skipped it. Tom pulls Greg into the bathroom. And he basically says, why'd you tell? Like, what are you doing? And we've seen Tom be abusive to Greg before. And he slaps Greg. But this time, Greg slaps him back. And, you know, Greg's like six foot five. Like, yes. he was over this entire mm-hmm. gas. Yes. So Greg got that reach. And they I get screamed. into a little bit of fight. And I said, oh, no. They broke Not- up? I was like, Tom and Greg broken up? Like, everything's going to be horrible this episode? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was a lot. I definitely screamed. I was screaming when they fought. I was like, I can't, like, what? Like, this is the actual breakup that hurts the most across America. And so, uh, back to the vote day. Caroline comes to Shiv and basically says, hey, dog, if y'all win, can you ask Hugo for me? Because I don't really mess with him like that. (laughs) And so, then Ken looks, uh, Ken goes in Logan's office, and he can't even hide it. He's so sad. He just knows it's his day. It's like, this is my day, man. I'm getting to sit in my dad's chair. He even pretends to, like, ask for the permission of the Sibs to sit in Logan's chair. Stewie shows up and basically says, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I got your vote. Um, and <laughs> they had a line, and I, I I won't get to it again with the best quotes, but Shiv, uh, Stewie, Stewie says... Uh, Hey man, I like weird sex. I like bad drugs. I'm a very complicated individual. And then Kendall says, "Bullshit! You like pancakes and waffles, and you kiss guys on Molly. You're not the heart of darkness. You're grilled cheese with a sucked dick." I don't even know what the second half of that means. I understand the first part. So much sense. I have no idea what the second half of that means, but it's an incredible line. Well, uh, think of it this way, Brandon. The way I mean, because again, Jeremy Strong, outstanding, and and this this is him reading someone who know he knows as good as himself, and so he can mm-hmm. call him on his stuff easier. This is the meme that we've been seeing on Twitter, like take a picture of you as the bad guy, and that's what Stewie perpetually sees himself as because oh, okay, he uses his gayness 
as like a part of his villainy and drug addled like ne'er do wellness. He's like, no, you just just to do like get you know BJ's and real cheese sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. Like you fine, like don't don't go <laughs> acting like you out here like freaking uh, uh, Prince Albert in a can or something. <laughs> Uh, and so then uh, uh, Roman sees Jerry and freaks the fuck out um, what did y'all think that was about because that was the one thing in the show I was a little bit confused of okay that's what that was I guess just reminding him that he was never going to be the guy because remember when she said it oh, that was the right. thing yeah I I mean I also think it was um Oedipal complex, uh, or yep. like it was a mother thing. It's like this mom is actually, slash girlfriend turned on me. Yeah, this is actually. I think this is the only person in the universe that he actually like in this universe that he actually cares about her pain and her approval next to Logan. So it's like, not only is he going to see her not be crowned CEO and like kind of she can draw whatever conclusion she wants to about why he didn't get to be chosen as a as the child but then also he's his face is fucked up because he went got into a fight and you know self-harmed and he doesn't want her, like everyone's gonna see he just feels like she's gonna look right through him i think that was really what started it um but then we get a scene between them that's like out of this world yeah so kendall basically tells roman like it could have been you but it's just optics, man. It's just, it could have been you. And then they kind of hug and Roman's crying in his shoulder. And he basically like, I made a lot of wrestling references today, but this was absolutely like mm-hmm. you, you bust yourself open. <laughs> like he just basically busted stitches on Kendall's shoulder. And it was like, it was kind of a powerful scene. Uh, well, also what I, what I took away from it was that he held him in like a grip. And so look, Roman tried to pull away immediately and he would not mm-hmm. let him. And he kept pulling away, he would not let him. So he was like, motherfucker, fuck, fuck, because he his brother was embracing him and it just made me realize well, another thing we've never seen is Roman getting a real hug. Like, first yeah. time maybe in a long time, right? So um, he was crying in a lot of ways in response to like being shown love and affection in that moment when he was being vulnerable instead of like a joke, which Roman might've made to make things better. So that was one of my favorite scenes. So then, um, yeah, so he, he busted stitches open. Then we get to the actual vote and all the stakeholders are coming into the room and, you know, we think it's going to be this crowning moment and, we get the yeses, and we get six yeses for uh, for the, the deal with Gojo, and we get six noes against the deal for Gojo, and it comes to Shiv, and you think it's about to be, well, people who don't understand the show thinks it's about to be smooth sailing, Kendall gets it, and Shiv leaves the room. And I'm going to play this scene. It's a kind of long scene, so Rich and Chanel, if any part of this you want to stop and talk, just stop me because I'm going to play the whole thing. We, ha- we have it. We have it. We, look, 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 we we have it. Right? We have it. Are you, are you scared? Not scared. Are you sick? No, I'm not scared. Okay. Are, you, are you good? Yeah, I just, can I have a moment, please? Just fuck off. I just need a moment. I want to thank. Okay. You ever been in a relationship with someone and you get in an argument and 
one of the either you or your partner is just like, I, I give me a second. I just need to breathe. It never works out if you push that person, right? Like if you go and keep talking to them, it it always makes it worse. Like right. it, it's it's possible that she could have went back to Kendall, right? If they would have just said like, okay, sis, good. But I also I, think figure it out. Right, but I'll, exactly, I think they supported her. But I also think there's an, an inevitability in it because she doesn't say. I, it, there's, I'll, I'll say at the end why I think. I think, I think she had already made her decision. I don't think she was actually on the. Fence. I do too. I yeah. So they, I think she just didn't know how to straight up say it, and so obviously the rest comes out. Um, but like, I would probably be the same. I'd be like, "What the fuck do you have to think? Think about what we talked all up." Like, I just it would be hard for me to accept that when it's like you hold my future in your hand. So anyway, there's uh, more. Wanted to see the outtake of him screaming, "I drank your spit." <laughs> That would have been fantastic, by the way. Think about what? Whether you want us to keep the company or hand it over to Tom and that piece of shit who killed our dad? Uh, I might have changed my mind. What the fuck? I'm good for this company. I'm, I'm, I'm good for us. You know, we all vote. We keep control. We don't. Then everything's over forever. Uh-huh. Here's the thing. I am like a cog built to fit only one machine. If you don't let me do this, I mean, it's the one thing I know how to do. Well, it's not all about you. He's not wrong. This is the only thing he could do. I don't think he's fit for this, though. I don't think he would be good at it. But if there was anything he would be good at, it would be this, I'm guessing. Mm Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, you are not the most important one. I, I, I don't think I am. That's a key line to me. I'll get to that in a minute. Yes, you do. You do. You do. You fucking do. You do. But shit, honestly, it's so fucking crazy not to just let me now. I mean, it, 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 it's it's stupid. We we all get something here. I mean, you're voting against yourself. You realize that? Uh, mm. Shiv, mm. Shiv, listen, please. I beg you, listen. I can do this. I don't think you'd be good at it. What? I don't... I don't even believe you. I don't believe you. I don't. I don't think that you would. No question. Do you believe her? For fuck's sake. Huh? No. Do you believe I don't believe yeah. her. I don't either. He's a 10-year-old right now. I can't get it. Nobody gets it. Yep. You think that's what Shiv thinks? I think that's what Shiv thinks, and that that's what turns all of them. In this scene, if, 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 if I, again, if I was independently wealthy, I would make, like, a succession baby series where they would just devolve into children in this scene and you would have like three 10 year olds <laughs> fighting in this because that's what they turned into. I got a different take, so I'll get to that in a okay. second. Shiv. What the fuck is going on? It, it's, it's six to six okay. and we don't have Shiv's vote. This doesn't make like logic. Where's the logic? No, I just don't think you'd be good at it. I feel like if I don't get to do this, I, I, I feel like here he goes. That's it. Like I might, I might, uh, like I, I might die. Shiv, can we go in that room? Can you just vote? Please, please. You can't be CEO. You can't because you killed someone. <laughs> what are you, what, Sound effects. <laughs> It's like she mm-hmm. dropped the bomb, and I'm like, "Bitch, you should have brought that up last night." This is crazy. 
What? Wait, what which? Which? What? Like what? Like you've killed so many people. I cried at that one. That's that, that. That's not an issue. That didn't happen. Wait, uh, it didn't. It's, as it, in uh, what? It's, it's oh, just, it's just a thing I said. It's a thing I said. I made it up. You made it up. I, I, I. It was a difficult time for us, and I think I, you know, whatever, must have something from nothing because I, I just, I wanted for us all to bond at a difficult moment. Wait, it was a move? Oh. No, no, not there. Were, okay. There was a kid. There was that kid. But so there was like, a kid. I had like a token, a beer, and not. I, I didn't oh. even get. Sorry, a this, oh. this is very reminiscent, but not exactly like addict negotiation and like trying to like he's literally we've never seen him just outright lie like this to get what he wants and it's he's desperate mm-hmm. you know what's funny though it's kind of poetic logan in season two or season one it was a season two season two he didn't want to give it to kendall because he said kendall's not a killer and then on the last episode, when it's right in front of Kendall, Kendall spends his time to convince his siblings that he's not a killer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Figuratively, he's not that he's not. A, I mean, literally that he's not a killer. But Logan didn't want to give it to him figuratively because he's not a killer. I thought that was kind of poetic there. Uh, but yeah, Rich, what do you think about Shiv pulling out the kid getting killed and Kendall's reaction? Uh, I took it as her again, ten year old. Like, you can't do it. You, 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 you killed the kid. Like, she is grasping at straws. And what he did in that moment, though, was destroy the one thing I think that bonded them on that trip, because he had hit bottom, and they all came in. That was the only other time they hugged, because they had that group hug around Kendall as he was sobbing on the beach, and. That also gave her the green light, but she she didn't need she didn't need a green light. She was already in a I I'm throwing the toy you know very British I'm throwing the toys out the pram mode, and so Kiv finally had her tantrum, and it was at the worst possible time for him, and he's had his Sarah tantrums. I mean his birthday party, his family. I mean we just you you y'all mentioned it during the funeral last episode. So yeah, that's where I'm at on this. Um, what? The fuck? I felt bad and I, I false memoried it. Like I'm, I'm totally clear. False memoried it. Wait, did it happen or did it not happen? It did not happen. Uh, it did not. Uh, happen. I wasn't even there. It did not happen, dude. He lost Roman right there. So he had right. Roman and then he lost Roman right there. Fucking yeah. vote for me. Just please vote for me, Shiv. Vote for me. No. Yes. No. Shiv, don't do this. No. You can't do this, no. Shiv. No. Absolutely yes. no. not, man. No. Absolutely not. No. Why? No. Why? What? Just. I love you. I really. I love you, but I cannot fucking stomach you. This is fucking disgusting. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. You're disgusting. You're fucking heartless. What? It's fucking nuts. It doesn't even make any sense. I'M THE ELDEST BOY! <laughs> I AM THE ELDEST BOY! You're not! And you know, it- I swear, that's one of the funniest lines of the show. <laughs> hmm Yeah, I think he said this a couple episodes back, too. Just like completely dismissing Connor. This, it mattered to him. He wanted this to go on. Well, I mean, she's the bloodline, though. What? 
I'm the I'm the blood. Here we go. No, I just mean if you're gonna play that card, Dad's we the ones. Yours weren't real. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck did you just say? Well, just not real, real. Um. Well, that's just what Dad said. I'm just saying what Dad said. Well, don't say it, you fucking cuck. They are a pair of randos. One is a buy-in. The other is half Raba, half some filing cabinet guy, right? That is a wild thing to say. So, yeah. I'm, basically, for those who listen who don't under, may not understand it, what he's saying is one of Kendall's kids is adopted. The other one is like an IVF, like mm-hmm. sperm baby, like like a sperm donation. Like he, she got pregnant not directly by Ken. And so a buy-in in half Rava, half file cabinet, or half random person who she went to the sperm bank to have this baby via, you know, in vitro. That sent Kendall off the edge. I think Rich mentioned that earlier in the show. He basically chokes Roman and, like, pokes his eyes out. Like, it was yeah, kind of... Nah, it was I think he, 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 aimed, he gave him the claw. Like it was a pro wrestler, he just put dug yeah. his fingers into each one of those stitches and just started tearing that man's head. Like that was rage. Like that's where I was like Jeremy Strong. Like like you were saying before, like no safe action. Like he was like, listen, Kieran, trust me, have paramedics ready. The scene's gonna be great, or it's gonna be horrible. I love you. Like that was basically Jeremy Strong's like voicemail to him the day before they filmed this, probably because. Right. That that was visceral. Like I could imagine if someone had said something to my son, I wouldn't be thinking about punching him. I wouldn't be thinking mm-hmm. like just I want to get into you. Like that that wow. And he spent more time defending his kids than the chance he had to defend his kids. I'll get to that in a second. What the fuck? Let go of him. Fuck you had shit, no kids. Don't don't do that. Shit, don't hold do on that. a second. Shit, off me. This piece of shit. Get off me. Jesus. Roman tells Kendall just pushes Shiv, and Roman's like, "She's pregnant. What the hell's wrong with you?" Christ! Oh. Are you oh. fucking kidding me? Shiv, no! Wait! Shiv, wait! Fuck Can you! Just fucking leave her! Fucking child! Rejection. Let's hit, let's let's hit Frank. Let's offer Frank. We can still, still we can still pitching. do this. Bullshit, man. Come on, it's fucking nothing. Stop. No, there, there's there's something here. There's an angle. No, no, no. We it's still... fuck all, man. It's bits of glue and broken shows. Fucking phony news. Fucking, come on. We have this. We can still do this. Oh man. my god, man. It's nothing. Okay, it's just nothing. It's fucking nothing. Stop it. No, 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 no. No. Yeah. Hey, we are bullshit. We are not bullshit. We are bullshit. You are bullshit. You're fucking bullshit. Man, I'm fucking bullshit. She's bullshit. It's all fucking nothing. Man, I'm telling you this because I, I know it, okay? We're nothing. That's the truest thing in the history of this show. They are yep. not capable of this. And Roman finally comes to the elusive, like comes to the conclusion, like, what are we doing, dog? Like we like none of us are serious people. Like like what Logan said, we are not serious people. We're bullshit. This is not us. 
Um, I love that scene. What did you think, Chanel? I mean, I've been, I said all the time, Roman says the true thing in a crazy way. Today, he said the true thing in a true way. I I was with him. So we're coming up on two hours, so we're going to finish this really soon because I don't want to keep Rich and Chanel too long. Uh, But here's my shift theory, okay? Here's what I think. I think the show was trying to tell us that this this entire season, the second half of the season, Shiv's becoming a mother, right? And so, like, early in this episode, when she didn't have, like, last episode, it was first, first look, two episodes back, Shiv pulls Tom aside and apologizes for what they said on the balcony and tells her, him, I'm pregnant, I'm going through all this stuff, like, my dad just died, give me some grace. Last episode, after everything that happened, after that, with the with election night and everything, Tom is messed up at Logan's funeral, and Shiv tells Tom, "Hey, dog, you don't got to stay in the hotel. Go stay at the go stay at the house and get some real rest." This episode, Shiv calls Tom after pitching Tom to Madsen. She calls Tom and says, "Do you want to have a real relationship? Like we said, all the bad things we could say to each other." But we got, she said, this nightmare that we made in kind of a uh, indirect way, talking about this child that they created together. Like, do we want to do this for this child? Like, do the right thing for this child. And so then you fast forward to this. And I think that Kendall had a choice on election night to make a decision for his children. And he did not. Rava told him he was worried about Sophie and how she's been treated, you know, She's been getting treated bad by like the racist Nazi making supporters and Kendall made the decision to go with the business and go for himself. And I think Shiv made this choice that I'm not going to win. And the one thing I, I have had success doing is advising these powerful men around me. Right. So like I haven't been that successful in getting what I want, but I've been able to get these men around me to do things I need them to do. So for the sake of my child, I can keep my marriage with Tom. He can be a puppet master, empty suit in charge. And at least I can have my hand in the person in charge and kind of guide him to do what I want him to do. So that's kind of how I took it. I didn't think it was rich that she just didn't want Kendall to have it. I thought she was making a play explicitly for herself. Oh, no. I See, here's why I disagree with, with that play. Because the the, 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 the finale hand... In terms of, she to me, Shiv became her mom, and not I can't remember Logan's third Marcia? wife, Marcia. Marcia, Marcia, mm-hmm. Marcia was more of a partner than their mom ever was. Go back to the funeral. One of the reasons I think their mom didn't call Kendall is because Kendall said they were shaped by Roman by Logan, and they cut to her, mm-hmm. and she was. Even though she even admitted when they had season two that the kids chose him, stayed with him. Siobhan stayed a little bit, but eventually left too. And so I think she might be in the same track her mom because the mom thought she could kind of finagle and do that. And it didn't turn out the way she wanted. She kind of is on the other side of the world by herself. And if that was the case, she had so many other options 
instead of now precariously being tied to Tom, who, if Madsen's already said he wants, you know, a hatchet man, if she tries to provide information to Tom for Madsen, he's going to know where it's coming from because that's outside of Tom's programming, so to speak. But Shiv does understand Madsen. And I think Madsen knew that Shiv understood him to a point that it threatened him. So I think but if Shiv she, could... But if she understood him, would, why, why would she not see coming that he was going to betray her? Oh, because she's blinded by power, just like everybody else on the show. But I think she yeah. thinks that she can help Tom navigate this to the point that is beneficial for them now that they have this kid coming. Because I think I don't... If Shiv wasn't pregnant, I don't think this would have happened. First, I think they I think she still would have done it, man. Like, look at uh, look at the fact that like everything that happened. Like we were talking about Greg earlier. If Greg didn't call them, Tom wouldn't have won as much as he did because he forced them to do what they always do, which is panic. They never make calm, calculated moves. They always have to go running around like chickens with their heads cut off. In Shiv's case, she is perennially just just. Right when she's on the cusp of victory, just yelling, you know, uh, what was it, Ross? Uh, what was it, something Jenkins, Leroy Jenkins, mm-hmm. and just jumping into the like she is the queen of Leroy Jenkins and things. And if if she wanted that power dynamic with Tom, she could have done that two episodes with it ago. If she wanted to be in the relationship, she could have set that parameter earlier. At this point, Tom did all this without her. Like, if, if anything, she'd have hurt him. There. Yeah, she went in and told Manson, like, ah, keep him, don't keep him, I don't care. He's mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Chanel? There was a theory online. I'll start with, um, so so when Tom does get the crown and he his first question to Hugo, because Hugo tries to pitch immediately, and he goes, where's Carolina? And we don't know Tom to have that type of relationship with Carolina, but we know Shiv does. So somebody's theory was they talked last night and this is something that Shiv knew she was going to do and maybe how she was going to do it is different but I don't think it was a spur of the moment decision so with that said it seems to me that she is choosing her family but not in my opinion choosing the healthiest option for her family I think the healthiest option is becoming yes. independently wealthy and getting out of this space where people become these like corporate monsters. So I absolutely don't think she's being the she's not being like she's being is being her mother for sure. Like I think it's a it's an amalgamation of all of those things. But do I think that she like was like oh I'm still did she realize she's Olivia Pope? I don't even know if she does. I think she just recognized that like one play would make her uh, wealthy and potentially happy but she can't be happy for Kendall. So there's that. Like, I think that, so whatever she said, I can't stand you. It's like, they've bouted and, you know, done all this back and forth. I I didn't know it was that deep for her to where she could not even just step aside and be like, you know what? You do do that. I'll do news and we'll figure this out. So I think there was like, that's her fatal flaw is the self-sabotage. Like you said before, she always overplays her hand. Um, and then the last thought, I guess, is just in that moment, you know, what does she say? Like, what does her dialogue reveal? And her dialogue really reveals that she knew she wasn't going to do it, but she didn't want to stand up and say it to their faces, which is which means that it is a selfish decision. Because if she really thought he went, couldn't do it, 
she could have done at any moment, pulled him to the side and let him know. Um, if she if she didn't want to be sneaky and underhanded and strategic. So that's why Yeah, I but if she doesn't get both though. So like in this scenario, she gets to cash out whatever it is, one point three billion. I think they mm-hmm. said they were getting like five bit four billion together. So she gets the cash out from the sale from her stock of Waystar. Mm-hmm. So she gets the money and she's married to the CEO. Right. But no, what I'm saying is that if it wasn't selfish at the end of the day, she would have told him a different way. The way oh, it was selfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Does she win in some way? Sure. And it, but it's again like she's still furthering this system that is so unhealthy and like this institution that's going to keep churning out bad people. And she's doing it because she's like, well, at least I'm married to him. And again, like, what does that mean for her kids? And is Tom, is Tom like, just because Tom didn't grow up like Logan and doesn't do what Logan did on a mass scale, who's to say he's not like on the way there? Like who's, there's nothing telling me that he won't be like Logan or, you know, so I don't know. I just, I was, um, I'll be honest, I was disappointed. Um, not in the show, but in her as a character um because I really did think because of how she tries to sh- how she exudes herself throughout the whole show that she was slightly more mature or slightly more cunning but again she thinks she's smarter than everybody else and she, again she worked something out for herself but I was like damn you okay sorry because there was a part where she said earlier okay so when she thought she was winning she's like okay so my kids won't have an uncle well my kid won't have uncles because of this and it's like she clearly doesn't give a fuck because she like when will Kendall talk to her? Like she does not give a fuck because now she's put him in a position where there's no reason. Like when are they gonna chat? Will they ever talk again? Like she didn't care about none of that when it when it came to her her not being in pole position. So I don't know. I was just like, damn girl, you are like the most selfish. And maybe she did the right thing for the company, and maybe she freed her brothers, but she didn't free herself. So it's like self-fulfilling i don't know self like self-sabotage again yeah and i even talked about that in the inside the episode featurette the director and the creator said like this season is her leading to her sabotaging the deal and herself like she was just that that was just her and the time bomb that was gonna tick off and i felt like sure she does get like you were saying brandon she gets the family she has that locked but a lot of this is just her in the in the in the moment that mattered. She blew it up. Like she knows, like they're never talking again. You took your brother the one thing he could have had in his life that made him feel like he was worth something. You took it away. Here his he's sitting on that bench with his dad's fix it man, basically making sure it's to me, I read it, he's on suicide watch now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, and so after that scene, uh, Kendall comes back in the room. Frank tells him it's over. Uh, they're selling the Gojo. Tom rolls in like the guy in charge with his whole crew. <laughs> I'm talking about uh, with an entourage. <laughs> Photo shoots. Frank and Carl talking about getting golden parachutes and that they should they should have poisoned the baby when he was in his crib. Uh, talking about Tom. Uh, Hugo tries to slither in with Tom after basically being Kendall's uh, dog. Tom's got like like Chanel said. Tom has no time for Hugo. He's uh, he's like he basically told him, "Yeah, I'm keeping Carolina, uh, not you." Uh, I Greg comes up to Tom, and mm. this got my heart. I was like, they didn't break up. 
Because Tom talked about how Frank and Carl are gone and Hugo's gone. Uh, but he's like, I got you, Greg. He's like, I, I got enough capital for you. I got you. And kind of smiled at him and walked away, which is to say. Wait, don't, this... don't forget the most important part, Brandon. Uh, what is it? He saved the stickers from <laughs> yes. the, the, the family auction and yes. popped it onto Greg's head. It's like, <laughs> boop. Yes, he did do that. That was fantastic. I forgot about that. Yes, he put that purple sticker on his head. And Greg was proud. Um, so yeah, Tom wants to keep Jerry as well. Uh so Jerry's Jerry's gonna keep her job. Um Roman doesn't want to take a picture. There's some justice in that, by the way. Yeah, Roman doesn't want to take a picture with Madsen. He wants no parts to that. Madsen's intact, no, basically gloating like he won. <laughs> Matson says they t- he says look it's it's like us we're like Jesus and our disciples and even Judas is in the room talking about Greg and Greg's uh, like oh fuck <laughs> uh, Tom tells Shiv to meet him in the car in 20 minutes uh, then we get the end of the show and the last three scenes that we see with the Roy siblings Roman is at a bar with a martini and he has a look on his face like the weight of the world is off of his shoulders like, and that's how I took it at least. Like, I'm finally out of this toxic world that created this monster that I am. And I don't know what I'm gonna do next, but I'm glad that's over. Does that, how, how'd y'all take the last scene with Roman? You, you wanna go? You wanna go? Oh, I thought it was perfect. It was like, um, oh God, I don't wanna be that guy. Has anyone seen y'all seen so Snowfall? I don't want to mess your listeners up with things. I have not Snowfall. seen the end of Snowfall. Okay, so I'm gonna shut up. Um, yeah, I, I haven't even started it. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with um, what is it, like Brewster's Millions or anyway, he's back where he started because at mm-hmm. the very beginning of the show he was the drunk brother that didn't mind being in a bar or having questionable relationships with uh, mothers of two. And he was, he oh has God, the smile on his that. face at the bar. And he's like, I know my water level and I know my, 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 my drinking level. So I'm going to keep those saturated. And I think he's happy. He's finally happy. He doesn't have to play CEO anymore. He doesn't have to worry about power structures. He just has to worry about the jokes he says, the parties he goes to. And, and that's why I think I said earlier in the year, like the healthiest thing for all of them is separation. And I said this before Logan died, um, but like he, Roman did kind of the right thing in the sense that he did try to step up and be co-CEO. He like went along with with Kendall and actually was trying to constantly keep Shiv in the loop. And then Roman, I mean, Kendall manipulated that and messed that up by throwing him under the bus at one point, but he did try to, he was co-CEO. He did go overboard with some things, but he tried. He showed appropriate emotion at the funeral, but that got used against him because again, like neo-Nazis. And then in this moment, he did, he wanted it. He didn't want it for himself, but he wanted it and he was present and he, he ran the race to the finish line. So he can, it's taken from him, but like, cause he was never going to give it up, but he, he is truly free and he's free knowing that, like, when it mattered, he did step up. Um, now, I'm not saying mattered, like, he obviously missed a living plus thing, but, like, he did try. And so he's not, um, I think it's, like, 
it's one of those things where you're relieved it doesn't work out, but you also would have had more doubt if you just didn't show up in the first place and it didn't work out versus you actually showing up not really wanting it and then it's like oh confirmation so I don't know that's how I took it and I'm happy for him because he can go do anything and I think he more like more likely than not will not go do completely self-destructive stuff I think that like who knows what he'll pick up on but I don't see him like going in I don't see him becoming a worse human not to say he's a good human right now but I don't see him spiraling down whereas like Kendall we don't know where like he could end up like at the end of Mad Men where he could end up at like the end of Breaking Bad like you know what I mean how do we know where he's gonna end up the last scene we see of Shiv and Tom are there in the car Shiv congratulates Tom Tom says no no need for that sticks his hand out Shiv does the most I don't even know how to describe that holding almost hands. dainty it was like dainty and distant, but also confirming. But they were in like this black car and like they're both in their power suits. And I think the show was trying to say is like they are this power couple, but they're a couple that's completely broken. Right. So it's like they're they got power. Shiv's got the money. Tom's got the CEO. But the way that they're holding hands is like their relationship is it's just broken. Um, what y'all think about the last scene with Shiv and Tom? Go ahead, uh, start with Rich. I, I saw it as capitulation, but not obedience. So the power dynamic shifted. He put, I was waiting on they put that hand out, Tom. You put that, you earned it, you Wisconsin badger, you just put that <laughs> hand out. And then she's like, all right, I'm going to take that hand, but I go put it all the way out. I'm going to, I'm going to just drop the claw right in the middle of your palm. There's no hand interlocking, like, thank you. If you're with a spouse or significant other and they did that, the fight has not ended. Right. That's how I took it. What about you, Chanel? Yeah, I mean, it's like if I if I see where the story goes, it could literally be a repeat of her mother and her father's relationship. I, I actually don't think they, I think they stay together. Um, I don't know how fulfilled they are. I don't even know if she continues to like cheat. I think it's just, they lock into this dynamic and they kind of feel like they deserve each other at some point. Um, but I also see a future where Tom becomes, comes into himself, whether that's under Matson or, or crossing Matson or with Matson, whatever it, Matson is not relevant to Tom continuing to step into like alpha male territory. So it's like, and Shiv is with somebody who's never going to be physically abusive, right? Emotionally, I don't know, but he's never going to be physically or financially abusive. So she's actually in a slightly better spot than a Logan who like pretty much beat his kids, but they won't talk about it kind of thing. So um, there's a chance they could be happy, but that would take like decades of therapy <laughs> for, for everyone. That's not happening. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I think they will make it work. I think I'd be interested to see what happens to that kid. Like how does that kid turn out in that relationship with those two parents? Logan Paul. But I don't think Shiv wanted to, I think that, I do think that Shiv, like, I saw some things online that were saying, like, if you heard how Shiv talked to her mom throughout the season, the one thing she detests most is, like, becoming her mom, and that she made this decision to get out so that she could not become her mom. I feel like that's too nice of a thing for this show. I don't think that's true, but that's an interesting way to think think it through. I think people uh, who don't want to become their moms the most become their moms the quickest. 
I think it's like you don't even you don't identify that that's what like you because what it what it is is it's the your mom's coping behaviors are all are the example you've seen the most so you just repeat that and you don't unless someone there like your child is able to identify that and read it back to you you don't think oh I'm doing my mom you think this is how I just feel and so it's like that's how cycles continue because like, yeah, your mom, like, maybe you don't do as bad as your mom did, but how, where are you getting the behaviors that are different than what your mom did? Like, nowhere, you know? So that's why she, like, she, what, what example, what psychologically has she had that would help her be a better mom? Like, there's no, there's, she's not taking advantage of any of those resources. So she can say what she wants to, and she might not be as bad as her parents, but where do we see besides in, like, talk that she's actually different than her parents, you know? Yeah. And so then the last scene of the show is the course of Jeremy Strong. And he's at the Ooh, pier. Brandon, before you go, I'm uh-huh. so sorry. I was on mute and I I didn't realize I was just riffing with Chanel and I was by myself. Uh, <laughs> a year ago, we had this conversation. And a year ago, during a key vote, who was the person who betrayed them without saying anything and then hopping off the phone? Mom. Yep. Oh, yeah, Caroline. Yeah. He was the vote that got them into the whole like you're out. And, Italy. and so they even asked for an apology this episode from her. They're like, "Can we get an apology for Italy?" And she was <laughs> like, "Don't eat the cheese." Like that was her response. Mm-hmm. That's and it. The, the last scene of the show is Kendall at the pier in his giant overcoat, looking out on the water, looking sad and mopey, like he lost everything in the world. Uh, what did y'all think about Kendall's last scene and what happens next with him, starting with Chanel? Poor baby. Poor Kendall. Um, I actually feel bad for him because of what he believes about himself and how true that is. I also, like, you know, they, I don't know, I've tried to code it out, but I also think they don't talk enough about his drug habit and his, like, rehabilitation and if that's, like, truly successful if he's really recovered or if this is, like, triggering for him. So, I'm glad we don't see him, like, go right back to using drugs when something bad happens, but I don't think they actually get deep enough into it where I'm like, is he okay? I don't know if he has the tools. Um, But I think he stays alive, and I think if he sticks through it, he finds, like, if he really works a program, for example, he makes amends with his kids and Rava. He does show up for them. He realizes he has more money than he needs, you know? He maybe continues to be a good, like, a person who sees the people who don't work for him. I mean, sees the people who work for him and, uh, like, the sm- the little people. And I think he actually has a chance to really come out of this better. But in the same way that he, like, was a drug addict, like, this whole situation is a is, like, a triggering, like, addictive situation for all of them so getting out clean and cold turkey is actually truly best for him if he is willing to like let go of this idea that he's only meant to you know rule this world what do you think rich i i said before you know i'll, I'll say it another way i guess he gotta have only loafers no shoes with laces <laughs> you gotta watch this dude like he is in the darkest part like he even said happy ken like he had ne- like he was he saw the sun he's like neo in the matrix or i guess mm-hmm. more trinity in the matrix sorry for spoiling a 15 year old movie for those of you who haven't seen the matrix 
revolution. 20, like, 25-year-old movie almost. 20-year-old movie. Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. <laughs> oh, don't. It's, it's so sad to see him. And for a second, I was like, is this, for a second, I was like, is this the ghost of his dad walking around? And I was like, oh, no, no. It's just his dad's hatchet man who covered up the murder that mm-hmm. he didn't do at all. Um, never happened. Uh, and so I think he's going to be in a dark place. I appreciate Strong and Armstrong, and I can't remember the director's name, focusing on Kendall in this way instead of that happy alternate ending where he's hugging the kids and like crying and, you know, going to PTA meetings and doing things we've never seen this man do. I'm happy with this. I, I I feel like this is an authentic ending for him, just as it was for the other siblings. Though, in true succession fashion, we didn't really get to see my man Connor get like any like <laughs> final moment. Like he's just out in the streets. Yeah. And that's the end of the series. Um, a couple things before we go. So here are the best quotes of the last episode. Uh, Shiv said, "Kendall in." Uh, is what does he say? Uh, it's all tussed up and ready to bake. Uh, Shiv also said Roman may not even show show up from whatever jerk dungeon he's being pity spanked in. Uh, Shiv called Tom. This is an incredible line. Plausible corporate matter. <laughs> like what? Uh. Shiv said, uh, are you interested in a real relationship? That was like a real line in there. Ken called his new assistant, New Jess. Uh, Caroline said, eyes are just face eggs. Uh, Roman said, pay a buck, take a pop at the human fucking vote like it was the carnival. <laughs> uh, Tom says, if they want red meat and bowling tar, tar well, bone up a tea. Uh, Lucas said, why don't I get the guy who put the baby inside her instead of the baby lady, which is a, another wild line. Uh, Peter Munyon said, the margins is just so creamy. <laughs> mm. Episode titles. I'm that's so got to be the episode title. Yeah, creamy margins. Uh, Greg said, could I, could I quad up like full quad? Uh, Tellus says, the incredible fuck brother bandwagon. It's what they oh, that was are called. the other alternative option. That was a good one. Who calls us that? Everybody. Uh, Shiv says, what are you going to tell me? That he was the Zodiac killer? That he did Tupac? I love uh, him bringing up to, that Tupac's killer has never been found. Like, that <laughs> is a deep cut. Uh, Roman says, he played you like a pregnant cello. Mm. Caroline said, Peter doesn't like the Nobbies. Uh Roman said, they call that the second week itch. Stewie says, I like weird sex. I like bad drugs. I'm a very complicated individual. Uh, Kendall said, like I said this earlier, bullshit. You like pancakes and waffles and you kiss guys on Molly. You're not the heart of darkness. You're a grilled cheese with a suck dick. Uh, Roman says, one is a buy-in. The other is a half-robber, half-filing cabinet. And the line of the series, Roman says, we are all bullshit. So last thing before we get out of here, uh, Rich, and thank you for joining us so late uh, doing this. We really appreciate it. Uh, I'll start with you, Rich, and go with Chanel. What is your takeaway of this series as a whole? Like, where does it stand up for you in terms of 
your favorite or best TV shows? And then what do you think the, you know, the overarching or the couple of the overarching themes of the show uh, was? Oh, I, I think uh, in the words of Million Dollar Man, and then Jake the Snake, what happens when avarice goes wrong? Like, that's one of the main themes, whether it's, like, your greed for money, power, anything in between that can stop you from focusing on the stuff that matters, truly. Uh, I think this stands the test. Uh, I joked with my boss, Wade Keller, over the torch last night when we were talking about AEW, and we somehow leaked a little bit into that uh, with Prestige Program. Like, there are no good people, and HBO, like, they are making a lot of money off of there are no good people whether you're in the business world or you're teenagers doing drugs and euphoria or you're, you know, a family of televangelists. Like there are no, like there is always something you can, you can, or, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier, I know it's not HBO, but I always recommend to anyone the shield on FX. One of my favorite Mm -hmm. TV shows of all time. This series will now enter that list as well. Uh, I think that, they hit on some things. Adam McKay, Sex Panther, uh, not Sex Panther, Ghost Panther. Uh, mm-hmm. Sex Panther was from uh, Ron Burgundy. Uh, him and Will Farrell have really done a good job of highlighting the excesses of like the, the super rich and making it funny while also showing how ridiculous all of this is. And so mm-hmm. your your final line with with Roman is very appropriate. So now, what about you? Okay. Um, yeah, I think that I guess actually I want to just wrap it up. I, I mean, obviously this has been a blast and a like a full ride and a full experience. I will wrap it up though talking about the superlatives for the whole series. So uh-huh. who do we think was the most privileged person of the entire show? That's an excellent question. Um, oh, crap. that's a hard question really okay okay well we'll come back uh, who to do you think oh well i don't know um okay let's just come back to it who's the most broke person we've seen this whole time oh that's roman mm. no because even at his lowest broke money wise yeah that nigga's rich um oh the brokest person is greg yeah, broke boy, broke boy. Is a, but I mean, even Greg ain't broke. Is making two hundred k. But relative, he's broke. No, it would be what's your face? Uh, the the oh, the final girlfriend, Carrie. Yeah. Carrie. Oh yeah, Carrie. Carrie. Yes, because Carrie yeah. didn't get nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's who right. Are, who are the most disgusting brothers of any gender? So the two most disgusting duos. No, the most disgusting duo. So the two people in the most disgusting duo of the whole series. It ended up being Thomas Schiff. Mm, I feel, I think I second that. Oh, no, actually, no. It could be Caroline and Peter Money. <laughs> They're like a close <laughs> second. Yeah. Or I'd, Sandy I'd and Stewie. That. Sandy and Stewie, a little bit. They always found a way to be on top. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yep, what's the other it, one? World star moment? Yeah, I think so. The well, obviously, like I think of all the things we've seen, like we've seen a lot of physical stuff. It's the stitches popping or the slap yeah. boxing in the bathroom at Logan's. <laughs> well, nobody else saw that. So it's gotta Ooh. be the stitches popping. 
Ooh, that was that was crazy. Um, okay, so the most privileged I think would probably be Shiv, be Shiv, and it tracks because I've been like a Shiv critiquer this whole series or this whole time we've been podcasting about it. In general, I think that she has had the power and the option so many times to do the right thing and she Mm -hmm. does genuinely have the money to do it she's not just like a social activist who like wants and wants to work from the inside out she literally had the access and she always underestimated her her opponents or overestimated her abilities um which is not different than what her brothers do but again her whole her whole thing is that she is the smartest one. So I just always expected her to be one step ahead. Uh, so I think she's the most privileged and that baby's going to be like out of this world. Like who even, nobody wants to run into that child on the street. <laughs> yeah, the last thing I'll say is I love this show. I'm really going to miss it. Um, the acting and writing, particularly the writing even more. I saw someone write an article like, what's better, the acting in the show or the writing? As great as the acting is, the writing on this show is second to none. I, I've seen some shows with great acting. The, the just the meticulous writing of these characters, and that they all they give you hope spots of like the characters are going to be good, but they all they always remind you that they're not good. Always, like as a constant, it's fantastic. I think the biggest uh, theme or takeaway of the show, one of the biggest things to take away of the show is that. Hey man, like the people in charge are not the smartest people. And it's always ends up being some milk toast yes man who often gets that job. And like I think Tom was the perfect capitulation of like yes man, corporate suit, you know, business school, married into money, you know, who's in charge, who wins the game, and not anyone of any merit generally. I- I think Kendall maybe even said the phrase business psychopath or something. Yeah. It's like, that's what we've been, we've been circulating around that, that concept, this whole series. And I think, like you said, it's, it's, you know, they, they say serial killers have a lot in common with the top CEOs and also that the top, that a lot of CEOs are, well, personality. Never mind. I, I'm quoting something. I don't know the details, but also um, a lot of top CEOs are white blonde hair, six feet, former athletes, like there's a type, not, not conflating all of that together, but there's definitely like the idea we're comfortable with that is why people are able to take advantage of the system. Um, so yeah, I think what, what, like, like you guys already said, you great insights on this episode and our previous episode that really never aired. Um, they are showing something that is so real and it feels so present. And it's like, you have to imagine it's another universe. Cause like sitting in the fact that this is really what life is like in America, at least is like depressing every time. So it's like a, I'm transported to another world, but that world is worse than my world. <laughs> so what, I mean, it was a wonderful experience just watching this show and being able to unpack it with like you Brandon with you Rich on this on our episodes and then like with this community of people who are also like processing it so I don't know I, I, I definitely had a blast and I think it will be fun though to switch gears into something that's literally not a tragedy like literally all comedy all jokes the whole time so that's going to be so fun to change the pace to. yeah so Rich thank you again for joining us on this finale 
Uh, tell people where they can find you and all the good, uh, cool things that you've been doing. Yeah, sure. And I'll warn you with white righteous gemstones. It ain't all comedy. It gets no. it gets deep sometimes too, because it's in that uh, it's in that pantheon of vice principles and uh, eastbound and down, where like some parts hit you hard, some parts you cackle. Um, mm-hmm. as always, you can find me on Twitter, Rich underscore fan f a n n. Uh, I work over the Pro Wrestling Torch as my my, my side hustle, uh, where I do columns for the Torch and uh, podcasts, most notably the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, East Coast Cast of Travis Bryant, and uh, everything with Rich and editor publisher Wade Keller, which I'll be doing at some point tomorrow. I think uh, you could always go to pwtorch.com to find out about that and go VIP if you like what you hear on the free side of things with me on it, which I typically show up on every three weeks, every three and a half weeks or so. And Rich is also Thank you both for, for having me on so much. Yeah, Rich is also doing uh, MCU movie reviews for people into the movies as listening on post wrestling, right? Yep, yep. We're starting up at the end of the month, Secret Invasion, and uh, I'll be doing that with uh, W. H. Park and then Wei Ting, who's the co-creator of Post Wrestling. Uh, so yeah, thank you for reminding me. I'm looking forward to that. We just talked yesterday. <laughs> How did I forget that? Uh, but yeah, I'm, I absolutely love being able to bounce around and do do your show, do everyone else's shows, and kind of like get the show, uh, the whole rich fan package, so to speak, without a uh, disgusting brother nomenclature. <laughs> well, we appreciate it, Rich, greatly, man. And uh, I had a great time, Chanel. We're gonna keep this going, like like we said, we're doing righteous gemstones next. We Chanel and I've been talking about what we're going to keep doing. You know, I think we have a good thing going, doing like these really good TV shows. So maybe we'll stick to that. Uh, I talked to her about maybe doing a special one episode thing on jury duty, Rich, I don't know if you saw that, but I've heard like a lot of great things about that. So uh, we might do a special episode on jury duty, but uh, you, you haven't started it still. No, I haven't started it yet. Oh man. I just need you to get into it. To tell me, but um, yeah, I think that should be our like, stopgap episode because i've seen all the episodes and can talk about it at nauseam so let's do that for sure all right so yeah so be on the lookout for that thank you for everybody that sent us voicemails this year left us i mean this season left us reviews sent us emails uh you don't understand how much that's meant to us we love that we appreciate that uh all the listeners uh you know our show's grown exponentially uh over the last few months and so we really really appreciate that but we will be back soon, uh, hopefully with jury duty and then getting into Righteous Gemstones uh, in mid-June. Yes. So, oh, my gosh. This is I can't believe it's over. Until next time, guys, always and forever, stay privileged.